Let's go. Six Pack Double Feature with your hosts. I'm not Nathan. I'm not Travis. Hey, there you guys are. Join Nathan and Travis as they pair and compare your favorite and not so favorite movies. If it was on the shelf at your local video store, it's fair game. Grab a cold one and let's do this. It's the mature thing to do. It's Six Pack Double Feature. Welcome to it, gang. It's 1040 in the morning. Yeah. It's Saturday. We don't have to work. Not today. No. I did eat a... I did eat a late... Well, I would not call what I ate breakfast. Uh, it did break my fast, which is where breakfast comes from. I had a uh, Caesar salad and a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Together or separately? Uh, Separated by about 15 minutes. <laughs> which one was first? Caesar salad. Yeah, because yeah, the salad, peanut butter... Salad yeah. first. <laughs> I'm not a I'm not an animal. <laughs> Jesus. And the peanut butter and jelly was like my dessert from my It kind of was. I was like I was good salad, but it was very like rich. Well, yeah, you need and something that early sweet in the to morning. Cut it. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you need something sweet to cut or you need something else to cut it cuz that's where you would start before you get a Well, I drank one too much coffee and I started to get a little jittery and I just don't like feeling jittery. So I was like fuck it, I'll eat cuz you did ask me yesterday like, "Hey, you're going to you gonna have any beers for the last episode or whatever? And I was like, Yeah, I'll have some. Mike. And then you're like, Um I don't want to drink some beers. I don't want to drink high life. I, we should it's the last it's, episode. It's we near should, yeah, it's we, the uh official unofficial beer. Of six pack double feature. These are the good hours. The time for dancing. Time for the extra good beer. Have a dancing. Narragansett Lager Beer, the good beer for the good hours, presents this special sports feature. What could be better? Great sports action and Narragansett. For beer that's brewed good, aged good, to taste good. So relax and spend this good hour and every good hour with Gansett. Narragansett Lager Beer. Hot damn, that is long. <laughs> yeah, you... You pulled the long one, didn't you? Oh yeah. Because sometimes you do the shorts. That's uh, that's an old radio trick. You yeah. you get a you get a long one, and then you cut it down to like a short thirty second, and then you cut it down to, to like, like a, a quick little stinger. Yeah, kinda, ten to fifteen second bump. Yep. Yeah, little drop. Was, how old was that? Do you remember how old that? Was? That's got to be like seventies anyway. No, I feel like it's got to be earlier. <laughs> no, that sounds like the seventies. You think so? Sounds like seventies Monday Night Football. Really? Clearly in the uh, northeast region, the Narragansett area. <laughs> I yeah, feel like so, it's older, but who knows. So, yeah, we're having the uh, – reeling this fucker in with uh, the official unofficial beer, six-pack double feature. However, our movies today would dictate we should be drinking red wine. Right. Are you going to – Are you going to uh, you do a little Hail Mary before you try to reel in a fish? <laughs> like <laughs> didn't Fredo? Work, didn't work for didn't, Fredo. No. <laughs> Good thing for him he said that Hail Mary, though. Just in case the Catholics are right, he's uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's going to land – He's going to land square. Uh, yeah. So we are wrapping it up today, gang. This is our, uh, it's going to be our last episode. Um, we won't get too maudlin just yet, but uh, our, our our final two movies. I'm uh, not crying. No. You're crying. I'm not no. crying. There's no crying in podcast. Uh, well, I think we said a couple of times, I always kind of wanted to do Mac and me and uh, Super Mario Brothers, but... I, if we ever start it up again, that's what we'll start with. <laughs> but uh, we, what are you opening up with? Well, 
I mean, I feel like this shirt is appropriate since our first episode. Indeed. He's well, wearing a Pork Chop Express shirt. To kind of bookend. Bookends. Bookends. Um, yeah, we kind of both agree that The Godfather and The Godfather 2 are uh, either in the top list of best movies ever made or yeah. for me i think they're the two best movies ever made and we will definitely talk about that later but i think nathan and i once a long time ago argued that he thought citizen kane was was maybe better but i don't know many people that have seen citizen kane but you know, know a lot of people have seen the godfather correct and just how much farther back you have to go but i and, get it and i have something to say about that later but anyway uh, yeah we're doing the godfather and the godfather part two today so if you haven't seen those recently uh we're gonna spoil them we're gonna spoil it for you uh we're gonna spoil a 51 year old movie pause this and we'll see you tomorrow by the time you're done watching them <laughs> uh, full disclosure i did fall asleep watching part two last night so the last of my notes are kind of not from memory but I, from memory i the last of my notes were uh, could be done without having seen it. It was magic wand and final thoughts. Yeah, on the movies, and that was, I've seen the movies enough. I don't have to. <laughs> that the ending still doesn't change. No. <laughs> so anyway, we're gonna start this off with The Godfather. Let's hear that uh, <laughs> television trailer. My father's no different than any other powerful man who's responsible for other people. I had this part in the picture. It puts me right back up on top again. This Hollywood big shot's gonna give you what you want. He says there's no chance. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. You know my father, the men are coming here to kill him. Now you want to get mixed up in the family business? I thought you weren't going to become a man like your father. I never wanted this for you. Freedom, you're my older brother and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. Ever. Satan and all his works. I can renounce him. Don't ask me about my business, Kate. Is it true? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Who did the score for this? Nino Rota, I think, is the name of the composer. I okay, believe. I thought you would know that. I did. I think Off I the top, but I thought you'd be able to like. To Not the, that fast. Yeah. <laughs> One of the few guys that came up with uh, Spielberg and George Lucas and that crew that didn't use John Williams. <laughs> right. Uh, that'd be a fun. That'd be a fun. Uh, Swap around, get John Williams to do the hey, score for this. 
be interesting. Uh, it would it would make it sound far larger in scope. Yeah, rather than intimate, yeah. which is what that it's really just, gives that feeling. Yeah. By the way, that was not a TV trailer uh, for obvious sakes, yeah. especially from the early seventies. That uh, pull that light bulb out of there. Hey, would you? Yeah, just like uh, Don Vito. <laughs> yeah, should have tapped it first. <laughs> we'll talk about that scene later. Yeah, that's um, wrong movie. So, wrong movie. Yeah, this was a 50th anniversary trailer because I could not find anything. I didn't want to play the 1972 long, trailer for these two minute long yeah, fucking. They'll kill. They'll kill you. Yeah. You know what? Uh, how old were you the first time you saw that? Mm, okay, I was likely out of high school. Um, pretty sure. Um, it was soon after high school. I was making some extra cash um, for um, selling white powder. Exactly. I was making some extra money working for a moving company, um, creating mailers like postcard mailers mm. for to send out to people that had either recently purchased or sold a home, you know, to sure. advertise. And so it was just a lot of sitting and typing up stuff for labels to eventually print out and put on the cards that I would mail out. And so there's just a lot of, it's not downtime, but there's just, I'm just doing this. And so I'm just kind of watching and tipping, you know, or whatever. So that's, I decided I'm going to start, I'm going to start looking at some of these bigger movies that I'd never seen before. So I was pretty much out of high school, but soon after. So you saw this on VHS then? Oh yeah. Sweet. Oh yeah. It was the doubles. Oh yeah. Probably I don't know if it was the first one that I that I had purchased that was a double, but it was if not, it was close. I remember now that you say that, I remember my mom renting it from probably Marsh supermarket. And it coming in one of those uh double foldo translucent plastic cassettes. Oh yeah. They obviously there weren't a ton of those. No. But um it uh I was like Oh, what is that? She's like the Godfather, and I was like, God, I don't. I was like, I don't know, maybe eight or nine, nah. whenever it came out. You and know, because that, that's when that's what a nine-year-old wants to watch. You know, yeah. I was like, what is that? It looks like a book. This looks boring. What are they just talking? What? Why is it? There's just marionette strings on it. What like, is this? Do I even uh, know what marionette strings are? No, there was no artwork on it. It was just translucent plastic. And then and the name, the, the Godfather. No, there was no oh. name on it. The, the oh. name was on the spine of the cassette. God, oh, it. okay, got it. <laughs> uh, I mean, fuck, even the the probably 30th anniversary edition DVD I got, the part two is two discs still. Right. <laughs> they, they still can't fucking fit it onto one. My Blu-ray, it has all in one, but it still had that intermission like, spot. I, I completely forgot. Nowadays, it's fucking, well, I'm going to ask you a question in a minute, but. It takes the wind out of my joke, but I was going to say nowadays you have to <laughs> watch part one of Godfather 2 on Netflix and, and at intermission you go to Hulu or something. Right. It was a terrible joke to begin with, but what do they do on the 4K? What do they do at, at the intermission? Oh, uh, I don't, I have the Blu-ray, but they just, they just, all, all you know, all I know, I remember I've watched this enough on VHS that when I was watching part two, that when it fades, I can't remember the exact scene. But there just kicks in, goes to intermission. Does it say anything, or does it? Just, no, it, it just, just comes just, back up, and then it just comes back up. Okay, so mine, it's uh, you it's, have to change discs, and, and it says it, it fades out, and it says insert disc two. Mm-hmm. 
in a, in a cool font. I think what I like what what they did with the DVD and they've done it. They moved it to the Blu-ray at the same time when you put the when you put the movies in. Uh-huh. It's a it's a very pivotal scene, but it's very quiet and it's just that menu. Oh yeah, and it's whatever scene they chose to pick. Um, and when I started this one, like when I first started, I popped it in, and it was uh, Vito dead uh, in the garden. Ah. Uh. Um, but I think they have like five or six shots and it just randomly picks one okay. and it just has that very still, it's like, it's like a moving picture. There is movement in it, but there's nothing going on. Right. And one of the choices for the menu is to, uh, that pops up is that one where I said, this is by far my favorite shot in the entire movie. And what shot is that? Rather. That is the one where they are, uh, taking out uh, Polly, the driver who was sick the day that Vito got attempted, yeah. the uh, assassination attempt on, and you get the uh, ad lib line of, you know, leave the gun, take the cannoli. Oh, that's an ad lib? That was an ad lib by, by the actor who played um, Clemenza. Clemenza. Big fat Clemenza. Uh, but it's just that, that sweeping shot of just the winter wheat or whatever blowing in the winds, and you see just way off in the top left you see the statue of liberty it's so gorgeous it's beautiful because they, absolutely... they look like they're out in the middle of nowhere yeah and then i mean they kind of are what are they in jersey probably uh i don't know if they're in jersey or not i know that the home that they actually shot uh where the corleone family home was uh-huh. that was shot on staten island that's okay. that house is on staten island uh, but it's probably you, somewhere in either New York or New Jersey. Google that, that shot if you don't know what he's talking about, and you'll know instantly. It's iconic. It's, it's so iconic. It's he, Nathan texted me earlier this week. He's like, this is by far my favorite shot in And then movie. you and sent me like, one yesterday. Which we'll talk about, which is <laughs> uh, my yeah. favorite. And they both and involve, it, I'm like, exactly the same. And they both involve well, Clemenza. This, exactly. They do. <laughs> uh, um, I was 18 probably the first time I saw this. Uh, it was around Thanksgiving, <clears throat> and... I had hit a deer with my car, uh, so my it's car was stuck. It's, it's yeah. one of its yeah, it was pathetic. It's one of its little, its little paw. It's, it's paw. paw. I took a it's knife. Hoof. Yeah, it's hoof. Sorry, that's a uh, Goodfellas reference uh, for those that don't know. And I obviously couldn't drive my car, and I definitely didn't want to hang around the house because I was in deep shit. So uh, my buddy was supposed to come pick me up, and uh-huh. he was late, and my mom was watching The Godfather on. American movie classics or Turner yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, and so I was just sitting there waiting and I figured, okay, he'll be 10 minutes and <clears throat> 10 minutes came and went and I was like, all right. And another 20 minutes came and went and he was late and he was late and he was late. And the longer he was late, I just sat there and watched the Godfather with my mom, ironically, because I didn't want to do it. Wasn't going to do it anyway. Was you didn't I, I wasn't invited it, when I was a kid. But you were kind of... But not forced into watching it, but you were reluctantly stuck into watching it yeah. while waiting for your friend to come get. And you. then by the time he finally called, he's like, "Hey, I'm headed that way." I was like, "I don't worry about it. I'm watching this greatest fucking movie I've ever seen in my life." Uh, so that would have been in 1998. But I was just like, "Fuck me, this movie is slow." But wow, if you are patient with it, yeah, you got to be patient. I think I think that's my most frustrating part with people who don't want to watch the movie is because it's like, so slow. What I'm it's like, not. I mean, it's it, it is because it has 70s pacing, but at the same time, but it doesn't. It has timeless pacing. It, it, yes, it has 70s pacing because it came out in the 70s, and yeah, you're right. But that 
what happens in 70s movies with 70s pacing is they also have 70s acting. Correct. Which is a little stilted and a little... Or can be. Uh, yeah, yeah. Over the top. This movie, ironically, having Al Pacino, doesn't have over the top acting. It's no. like It's like you said, you've said a couple of things to me just in the 20 years we've known each other talking about this movie. It's almost like a stage play mm-hmm. that you're watching. And it's also like watching a book. You're you're wa- you're pretty much watching Puzo's novel. Yeah, visually, and that's the best represent. I've never read the book. Jamie has. I have, but it's been. What's amazing to me is part one years. and part two are in the book, and the book looks like you could take it to the beach for yeah, a three day weekend and read it. It's not a huge novel. It's so nuts. Um, it's just so dense. But the characters are so rich mm-hmm. in this movie. And you don't get a ton about them, but what you get, you know everything about them. And what you don't know, you can imply, okay, that's probably why they're doing this or and, things like that, you know? And what people, you know, people often prescribe, <sighs> it's a fucking gangster movie. Not really. No. No, it's a family movie. It's a movie about oh, family. a dysfunctional family. <laughs> Go to any any boomer generation family or uh, maybe early Gen X that has four siblings. Everyone here is represented. There's the fucking, the fuck up. The hothead. The hothead. Usually a sister. Yeah. And then the favorite. The one that's the favorite or smarter than they should be or, you know, the smart one or whatever. Yeah. Um, before we even really dive into this, have you watched... The Kid Stays in the Picture? No. Actually, I'm not even going there. I was saying, have you ever watched... Um, Paramount Plus did a series called The Offer. Ten- no, you and Brock both told me Oh, about my that. God. I've watched it twice now. Um, the second time I watched it, I watched it with Lisa because she was kind of interested in watching that. And she enjoyed that much more than she, she doesn't. Have, she's not a fan of the movie, She's right? not a fan okay. of the movie. She And I... <clears throat> Um, we can talk about re- reasonings why it's just not, doesn't matter. It's not her cup of tea. That's totally fine. Um, but anybody who wants to know more about the behind the scenes about how this movie was made, I know it was I highly recommend. I know it. it was a bit of a shit show. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a shit show because of all the things that they had to deal with. And anybody who really wants to understand what it is that a movie producer does, watch that <laughs> oh, <yeah>. series. <laughs> Because a lot of people just go, what the fuck does a movie producer do? Watch the offer and then understand. I do, uh, do a lot of cocaine. Okay, lo- I do a lot of broads, uh, a lot of casting couch stuff. And, uh, you know, I generate uh, generate a lot of move, uh, money for the movie. A lot of money for the movie. But uh, there's just so much stuff that Albert S. Ruddy, who created but did not actually stay on Hogan's Heroes, ended up producing this movie. Nice. And it's pretty much his story. It involves a lot of the cast of real characters making the movie. Gotcha. And it's just – it's very engaging. Lisa really enjoyed it. She's like, I find this much more fascinating and interesting than See, the movie I itself. And I'm like – and every time I watch it, I just want to go – I now I want to watch The Godfather. I get – sure. I get where she's coming from because I'm not – I didn't think I was going to make this correlation today. But I'm not a fan of pro wrestling necessarily. Mm, same. But I love the fuck – out of wrestlers and i love hearing their stories and about how dedicated they are and what they do to yeah, do what and, they do yeah and absolutely. how they get there and what their motivation is and you know some of their their fucked up road stories are they're fun to hear i love that that sort of every fucking podcast says this phrase but i'm gonna say it because it's the last episode i don't fucking care that inside baseball kind of yeah stuff i love that absolutely 
Um, the series goes into a good amount of detail about all of the obstacles it took to get the picture off the ground. And um, the main character, played by Miles Teller, is Albert or Al Ruddy. Um, oh, it's Rob- a, it's a it's a fictitious. It is of- fictitious. It is a actual narrative story okay. structure. It is not a docu series. Um, okay. Robert Town. His his character his he plays a large part in this entire series. He's like second or third billing, um, but it's just. I'm sure there are some things that they dramatized a bit to make it better as a series itself because it's limited. It's a ten episode series, but all of the shit that he had to deal with, him and his assistant uh, dealing with the mafia. Uh-huh. The uh, what? What was it? The Italian, the Italian American Civil Rights League, which is pretty much. Hey, by the way, we're not uh, the Cosa Nostra. We're the Italian American Civil Rights League, and yeah. and the Colombo crime family, and just like all of that shit. Like Frank Sinatra, when it was when it was first in production, did not want this movie being made, and gave shit to Mario Puzo because he felt that. Um, he was portraying Italians in a bad light. Well, not just that, but the uh, Johnny Fontaine, he thought that was him. While it was not and never was, that's what he assumed. And so he just immediately had a, I don't want this being made, and I'm going to do as much as I can with the connections that I have with the mafia to try to... Who was Johnny just... Fontaine based on? Kind of Sinatra. Sinatra. I mean, that's what my mom if told not, me. It makes sense. There may be another person involved, but Dude, for the most who, part, come on. Who in the 40s was that kind of a panty dropper? Nobody but Sinatra. Sinatra Fucking, more than anybody else. Yeah, Sinatra. Yeah. So, uh, But yeah, anyone who loves The Godfather will really enjoy this series, but anyone who doesn't even care about The Godfather, you appreciate. And, and the, the actors that they got to portray... Pacino and Brando and Coppola and Puzo all just very well embody those people. It's just – it's eerie. Like the guy that they get that plays uh, uh, Brando is just creepy when they have these scenes with him. It's just like this shouldn't work, but it's like it, – they it's doing not st- – and it, it's not – Is yeah. he playing Brando or is he playing Brando playing – Don he's Vito. he's kind of playing Brando, okay. and then when he's playing Brando, then that Brando is also playing Don Vito in certain parts, sure. and so it feels like it's a um like I'm just doing an interpretation of what this would be, but at the same time, it's it I mean, doesn't once, detract from it. It's just really creepy. I think and it would be really good. It would be easier to play. Accurate. I think it would be easier to play Brando playing Don Vito because then you're just playing Don No, Vito. he's playing Brando, and then he plays Brando playing Don Vito but, too. So but yeah. what I'm saying is at that point, you're just playing Don Vito. Correct. You just throw on your, your version of the you accent. You put in your which, tissues or whatever to make the- Full disclosure, I will dog. probably hit that accent or that voice at some point today. Actually, I know I will because I, I have a thing later. <laughs> okay. At least once. Look, look for a shitty- uh, Don Vito. Impression. The only other thing I wrote down, I'm like, I said, there's not gonna. I said, there's probably not gonna be a lot of notes that I have written down because this movie is so fucking was, engaging. Yeah, it's it really, really hard to like disconnect and make observations. It's really hard because as soon as you get tucked into writing something down, you miss something, and then you have to rewind it. And you're like, God damn it, I need to go to bed sometime tonight. We were watching part two last night, and I was like, okay, just you know. And I watched it over Thanksgiving. And I, I got through a good chunk of it. And I was like, 
this literally happened. Not to talk about part two, but I'm going to go ahead and say this. We're watching part two last night. And I got so fucking like into it. Like I'm not like staring at it like a kid in an old, you know, 50s commercial staring at the TV. But then it fades to De Niro. Yeah. For the first time. And I was like, I fucking forgot he was in this. <sighs> That's how it's so engaging. It's it is how that it, you're like, and I don't even in part two, I don't like the Pacino stuff nearly as much as I like yeah. the De Niro stuff. And I fucking you, forgot he existed in it until they faded. Here fucking, oh shit. That's right. Fucking kudos. <laughs> kudos. Um, um, I, uh, I kind of likened it here to like a first date. Watching this, watching The Godfather, right? Even, even still, as like a first date, because you you can't just dump all your shit on the table in in one go. No, you on a can't. First date. You, oh, have you, to, you can. Well, you can, but it's, but not it's gonna, just going to be one typically, date. Typically, doesn't go well. Correct. Yeah. This there's a not to bring this up either. I didn't think I'd come to this, but the Black Crows mm-hmm. taught me like with music to be patient. Like, just fucking calm down. They're going to get to the hook. But the shit that they give you, verse, and then a little pre-chorus, and a little taste of the chorus, and then back to the verse, and then they finally hit you with that chorus, when it comes in, it's that much more rewarding. Tool kind of taught that for me for the first couple of albums. Same premise. I get it, yeah. (sighs) This movie does that. If you just shut Just wait. Put your fucking phone away. And yeah, just wait. It gets so much better. Like... I think you talked about it in an episode of this, or I don't remember what it was, but like the Godfather doesn't open up with like a big pivotal scene. It opens up with, I believe in America, the more even America, the mortician talking. Yeah. And like, you're like, what if you just, just and, and, and that slow pullback from him, oh, you don't God. see like for like three minutes, you don't even see that you realize that Brando's not even there. And then, oh, there's someone there sitting behind the desk when it's slowly pulling back. Yeah. And then it's like four minutes before you're like, oh, there he is. Fuck. And his cat. Um, so that was a walk on. Yeah, that was a cat I think that was a studio be- cat or something like that. Yeah. Like and it just showed up and it just it just works with the warmth of Vito's character. It does. Um, and, and they make comment of that in the offer. We're like, you gotta move the mics cause you can hear the cat, you know, like the cat was just purring like crazy and they had to adjust the audio funny. because of that, which was legit. Not to talk about Vito's warmth, but I didn't write this down. So we're kind of maybe just going to bounce around today. Yeah. Kids. I don't know. One of my other favorite things. And I just, I know it has to be a Brandoism when, uh, they have the meeting with, uh, Who's the guy that wants to sell heroin? He wants to get him. Uh, Salazzo. Salazzo. And uh, they're having the meeting, and uh, Don Vito stands up, and he goes and sits next to Salazzo. Yeah. And he sits down, and he, like, brushes off his knee a little bit, like he got some he got some schmutz there, you know? Just a nice little touch. I remember seeing that when I watched it with my mom. And, like, that's the so... The nuances. It really he is. That he does the same thing in... Um, Superman. On the waterfront. No. He does the same thing in the uh, on the waterfront where he he was doing a take uh, with uh, I think it's Eva Saint Marie uh, whatever whoever his co-star was and she accidentally dropped her glove in the take and rather than stopping and going back and starting they continued the take and he just 
Adlib just decides to go and pick up her glove and then he kind of starts playing with it. And it just adds a sense of realism absolutely into that and that's the type of actor that he was. That's now so granted, he's fucking crazy too. Oh sure. But that's how that's what that method kind of style was for him. So, and so yeah, for him just to kind of the brush his shoulders brush his, off, kid. You brush his knees or whatever. It's just like, God, there's just so that it just, it adds a layer that you don't see in a lot he's, of stuff. It's like, is he having fun or is he just testing the bounds of reality? Right. Kind of thing? right. Probably both, but um, what doesn't work? Well, let me, before I even get there, before I even go into what doesn't work, because okay. honestly, that's an an- easy question to answer. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. So, nada. Uh, no. Almost 30 minutes into the movie, and the first note that I take is that can you imagine spending $600,000 on a fucking horse in post-World War II, 1945 money? With inflation, the amount that Waltz would have spent on that horse would have been a little over $10 million in today. I can see people doing that. Like, I, But it's just it blows my mind thinking like six hundred grand. This is 1945. Like the war has just ended. Yeah. Like just ended. One of my, it's not my favorite thing, but that is one of the most aped, parodied scenes from uh-huh. a movie. Right. I can remember. Uh, 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 uh. The horse I, head. I, I can just, I have snapshots in my head of, um, there was one where somebody cuts the handlebars off a bicycle and then somebody's covered with like bicycle oil. Like right. Gear oil. There's one with a lawnmower head. Just th- that scene of the horse's head in the. In the bed and with the, the satin with, sheets, yeah, and, and then the the slow. It's not a pullback; it's a jump cut pullback mm-hmm. from the house, and the yell, and the uh, yeah, and the yell pops oh, they back did it. a couple of times. They too. did it in Arrested Development too, and the uh, and it was Michael, uh, it was uh, Jason Bateman's character, right? And instead of yelling, he just goes, "Hey, what the hell is this?" It was so fucking perfect for that show, uh, and I will talk about Arrested Development later. Uh, that's that's what I have that doesn't work. Nothing like nothing. I could probably sit here. And, that question is real easy to answer. Now, something that did pop up to me watching these together so closely, one and even in the trailer, one thing that does now kind of jump out. It's not that it doesn't work. What's it's, that? You're my brother, Nathan, and da 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 da. Nathan, you're my big brother. Da da da. I fucking know I'm your brother, dude. You don't need to tell me. Yeah, I know. And the audience knows by now. We don't need the exposition. I can see that. That's it, the only it, thing that jumped it doesn't out doesn't work. Me. It's just, it's like, okay, come on, dude, yeah. really? Dialogue. Come on, dude. I, I can't believe I'm saying anything negative about these movies, but you can't just, you can't or, let them go. You're unchecked. my brother, Michael. Yeah, it's, that. that's a little, oh, my kid brother wants to get into the family business. <laughs> you know. Um, well, something else that I wrote down here says, while, while you know that the Corleone family is a crime family, you still have to respect that even at the time period, while drugs could have represented a very large res- revenue stream for them, I love how Vito's like, no, I can't do that. It's a dirty business. I don't want any part of it. Right. Like, there's a line that he won't cross that you know other bosses will, and he won't. And so gambling and prostitution is where I draw the line. But I love the just – there's that that moral code sure. that Vito has – and oh. how it's his downfall because it wasn't changing with the times. Sure. At the same time. And it's just like, oh. I'll straight kill a motherfucker for, you know, 
maybe I think he might talk about something that I'm doing in front of him. But I'm not going to sell him drugs. Right. It's 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 a it's a bent moral code, but it's yeah, a it's, bent moral code. But he had it, and that's what I really liked about. I him. have just in a, I always call them my column notes or my left page notes, just random thoughts. Uh-huh. And it's in the scene when Papa gets shot in the street, and it just says, "Fucking Fredo just stood there, dropped his gun." He's weak. He is. He's a fucking soft headed. It's the pneumonia. Stunad. Uh, <laughs> And then he just sits on the curb and cries like a goon. Fucking but that's Fredo. but so that's, it all comes, comes back to fucking Fredo. Fredo. All this shit. Well, not all this shit. Yeah, but Fredo. no one ever should give Fredo the detail to take Papa home. Ever. Don't give Fredo anything. Anything. No, don't give he him. He fucks nothing. it up. Don't give him nothing. Uh, don't well, give him a pet gerbil. <laughs> nothing. The uh, it'll die. The only other like. Left-handed, like you said, what left column note or whatever was James Con has the broadest Weirdest. and the hairiest shoulders I have ever seen. But they dip down. They do. It's just weird. a little bit. It's like those suspenders pulled his shit right. down. Like he doesn't wear shoulder pads with his suit. Those nope. are his. Those are all real. <laughs> um, I could not pick one favorite line or scene so i have three <laughs> i have one so you go through yours and then i have a clip that i want to share that's cool. my favorite mine are not clips they are not long um they are in no certain order we've already talked about one of them already that shot from the field with the car that's my favorite like visual yeah yeah like just frame um, if i had something framed from the godfather that would be the frame that i would when, put up on the wall when they talk about the godfather at like the academy awards or shit like that that's one of the shots they show. Like the shark coming out of the water in Jaws, you know, Darth Vader holding his hand out. Yeah. It's If it's not a close-up of uh, Don Vito in the opening scene. Or sitting there. Yeah, scratching his face like that. Yeah. If it's, not, one, if it's not that shot, it's that fucking shot of Clemenza. Mm-hmm. Um, this is... This, this, I love that shot. These two scenes, these the next two are scenes, and they are easily tied for best. Um, it's when um, they're kind of all huddled up at the house, and Clemenza's making pasta, <laughs> and he comes. He, he, Why don't you tell that nice girl that you love, love her, Michael? Her. I love you so much. Without you, I'm gonna die. I love you with all of my heart. But he takes him like kind of by the shoulder, and he's like, "Come here, kid. Learn something." In it's like your you uncle. To... Yeah, yeah. In case you have to cook for twenty guys someday. Yeah. Let me show you. Fucking you fry, love you fry up the. Cause, and they had a change. Apparently, in the dialogue when they shot that scene, uh, I think it was either Puzo or Coppola had to reshoot the scene because you don't brown the sausage. You fry the sausage or you fry the meat when you're doing it like that or what they call oh, okay. it, the, the phrasing of it. Oh, okay. I mean a lot of the familial stuff that you see in the wedding and a lot of the familial, familial, familial stuff that you see in the movie is a lot of stuff that Coppola brought in um, personal. from personal experience from his family being an Italian-American as well. It's, uh, and it just it – just, again, it adds that additional layer that you sure. just don't see in other movies. Yeah. I I always I I I love that scene because dude is like it just it's the it's a touch of humanity and what is arguably a monster 
Oh yeah, Clemens is not a monster. No, but he's a monster. But you know he's what I mean? Not, he he's, does. He's a bad dude. Yeah, he's not a great guy. But in a rogues gallery of bad dudes, yeah, he's need, on my. If the rest of those dudes need pasta, get Clemens. Well, yeah, look you, at him. For you Christ's know what, sake. You know why you pick him? Loyalty. Sure. Because Tessio. That's not Tessio. <laughs> not Tessio. Don't pick Tessio. Uh, uh, and the, the my third one, which is tied for it. I usually don't like macho. Pull yourself up by your own bootstrap shit. But when the Don slaps the piss out of Johnny Fontaine, he tells him to act like a man. Act like a man. I fucking love that. Ooh. And then he fake cries. Yeah. Apparently when he's got he when he slapped the actor who played Probably wasn't expecting it. He was not expecting that. And so that I believe that was a real take. <laughs> and so the reaction is real, but it works. Yeah. It's so genuine. Sometimes you're not acting. Sometimes <laughs> Sometimes you're just Brando wasn't You're acting, the other guy was reacting. Yeah, exactly. I just, uh, he's just, God damn it! I threw a fucking bunch of money at this wedding, and I've been sitting here. I'd like to see my family. Being pitched favors from people I've never fucking seen or haven't seen in years all fucking day. And then you, who I've already gotten launched, and you're having to fucking probably fight the pussy off with a baseball bat, right. come in here pissing and moaning and whining and crying. Fuck you. I'm over it. With his, with his olive oil skin Act and like his giddy charm. Act like a fucking man. Act like a fucking man. Those are my those are my three favorite shots or scenes or lines or whatever. Well here. Hear this? Uh-huh. And now I'll play a clip. So Bartini won't move against you first. He'll set up a meeting with someone that you absolutely trust. Guaranteeing your safety. And at that meeting, you'll be assassinated. I like to drink wine more than I used to. Anyway, I'm drinking more. It's good for you, Bob. I don't know. Your wife and children, are you happy with them? Very happy. That's good. I hope you don't mind the way I, I keep going over this Bassini business. No, not at all. It's an old habit. I spend my life trying not to be careless. Women and children can be careless, but not men. How's your boy? He's good. You know, he looks more like you every day. He's smarter than I am. Three years old, he can read the funny papers. Read the funny papers. Uh, I want you to arrange to have a telephone, man. Check all the calls that go. You know, I did it already, Pop. You know, good man. I took care of that. Oh, that's right. I forgot. What's the matter? What's bothering you? I'll handle it. I told you I can handle it. I'll handle it. I knew that Santana was going to have to go through all this. 
sequences that's it it's wedding day uh-huh heroin slash don Vito gets shot italy all right yeah Cor- um sicily. sicily yeah specifically sicily and right. then michael's bloody revenge yeah that's really it that's really it it's and, four parts yeah and then it's connected with fucking beautiful shit like that um, what I love about this scene, there's a couple of things that I really like about this. I, this, I don't know if this was when I first started to admire the Godfather. I don't think this was my favorite scene. And you and I are, we're parentless. We are not parents. We don't have children. We, we, what no, we, we both have parents. We both have, yeah, we're not parentless. No, no one is parents. We're childless. Childless. <laughs> That's For, the right word. Yes. Yeah. We don't have kids. Hey, cut this out. You're like, nope, not going <laughs> to cut that one out. Uh, we are... We are childless. We do not have children. But now being 48, even then, just watching this now, I like I was not now, but when I watched it last week, I was kind of tearing up because it's like he didn't want this for Michael. Sure. Like, and he expresses that. And you see and you feel the sincerity of, while I don't apologize for what I do, like he lays it right out there, but I didn't want this for my youngest son. Right. Like, eventually, it would be great. Senator Corleone or Governor Corleone, but I did not want this it's, for my youngest. It's and his, you feel that, sure. that weight. Well, my parents kind of always told me something similar to that growing up. Like, our parents wanted more for us. We right. Want, we want more for you. Like, we... Every gener, I, I think. What the fuck do I know? I'm not a parent, but every parent wants their kid's life to be better than theirs was. Correct. And that's Don Vito's. I wanted you way of saying that. But at the same time, what I love about it too is this is the last scene that he shares with his father in this movie. Sure. Because this meeting that he has with his, who's now the Don, saves his life. He's like, whoever comes to you with this peace offering is the traitor and you're going to be assassinated and you need to be prepared. And he saves his son's life in that manner as well. What's hard for people 
I think, and myself included, the first hundred times I watched it, you can't not pay attention because all the dialogue is important. How sparse, however sparse it may be in a sentence. It may be a little more denser in some areas, but yeah, but everything is important. You you can't walk away because you're like, wait, but Tessio is his friend. Tessio is part of the family. That's a smarter move. (laughs) Tessio. It's like, shut was, up, Michael. Tessio is always smarter. It's like I love that he like, and Michael immediately knows why. Yep, it's Tessio. Tessio was always. It's the smarter move. Tessio was, and always I'm glad smarter. it was Tessio because I, I fucking I, love Clemenza. I love Clemenza. Clemenza's just like Tootie from Goodfellas, right? It's. Uh, I'm glad it was. I'm glad it was Tessio. <laughs> Fuck Abe Vigoda. Fucking Abe Vigoda. And then you. Know, Hey, Mike, you can get me on for old time's sake. Because <laughs> Tessio knows, like, it's not shit. shit. It's well, like, it's like in Spaceballs. Shit. <laughs> but with eyebrows. <laughs> but with eyebrows. And uh, he's like, uh, the kid will, I'll appeal to the kid's sense of nostalgia. He's, he'll, he'll be kind like his old man. No, he won't. No. <laughs> he, no, he is. Michael is a cold-blooded cunt. motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Don't um, worry, Abe. We got a TV series for you that you can be on called Barney Miller. What? You, where you sleep, we'll talk about it later. You sleep with the fish. <laughs> uh, if you had but, a magic wand or could recast. Okay. The only thing I could do was attempt to recast because there's nothing I would want to change with this movie specifically. Not, not you know, really. Not for me. What would you? Okay, for sure, me. Sure, sure, sure. Like sure, sure. looking at my with my magic wand, there's nothing I would want to change. Like, oh, if they would only do X, Y, or Z. Well, fuck, dude, they made movie two, and it's practically better, if not better, we'll like we've talked about it, than the first. So I don't. I, I wish they would make a sequel. <laughs> they, they fucking did. They fucking and did. Hold my. They, vein br- they broke the mold. Yeah. Um. So I went through and like, oh, how can I do? Uh, I, I'm going to attempt to recast. Okay. I could only recast so many, so I recast a total of six characters. The siblings. I and- I recast Don Vito. I recast the siblings. Um, three of the siblings. I did not recast Connie. Okay. Um. I recast uh, Tom Hagen since he's kind of the adopted son. Okay. Uh, and I adopt and I adopted, and then I recast Kay. Okay. For Kay, that was hard. That was actually the hardest one because important. I hate her in this movie. But at the same time, insignificant. I mean, significant but insignificant. I don't hate Diane Keaton. I hate Kay. I hate Kay. I understand. I should feel sorry for her, but she's just she's so whiny, Michael, (laughs) all the time. My, I just I don't like her. I get it. Don't like her. So I just went with someone. I'm like, I think the recasting would work maybe if this was about ten years ago. Okay. okay. So, so we're thinking like 2010, 2012, give or take. Okay. K, I chose Margot Robbie. Just. Okay. She's got the gravitas to be able to pull off that role, maybe make it a little, even a little more sympathetic because there, the one thing that you don't have with K, and that's probably purposeful, is there's not a lot of sympathy that you initially have with K. Not really. Not in the first one. Not in the first one. With Tom Hagen, I chose Mark Ruffalo. Okay. Okay. Fredo, I chose Adrian Brody. I went with more kind of visually. Same look. As, same look, sure. but again, good chops. John Cazale was only in like five or six fucking movies, and he was like in the upper echelon of like fucking movies that he was in before he passed away. Yeah. 
Oh, uh, Sonny, I'm like, who could I pick as a hothead that would work well? Even if it's like 10 years ago. I'm like, mm, Joaquin Phoenix? That's who I went with because he can okay. unload okay. like well as a hothead. Um, for Michael, I chose Oscar Isaac. Uh, Poe Dameron? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> and then for Don Corleone, I chose Robert De Niro. That is <laughs> because, well, why not? He already played Vito early. Let's play Vito now. That'd be good. Now, he can't be the age that he is now, but if it was about 10 to 12 years earlier, he oh, would, just put it on Netflix. Like, They'll de age him. Robert de age. It doesn't work the same. No, it doesn't. And we all watch that and we know. I watched We know what he looks like when he's younger and we know what he looks like when he's de aged, and it's different. He's old man face, but but no wrinkles. Doesn't work. I would, uh, if I truly, really had a magic wand and I could change one thing about this movie, I would actually go back in time and watch it again for the first time. Oh, okay. Uh, and so it's a personal thing. Instead, with that one specifically, it's I want to re-experience what it was like to watch the, it first, the first time, time, like when I was like, "Whoa, this is what a movie can do." All right. No, that's a good one. Movies are allowed uh-huh. to be this slow? Uh-huh. Huh. Oh. Wow. All right. Okay. But if I'm going just for fun, I would uh, I would change one thing. Okay. And it's after they bring Papa home from the hospital. And he's like, where's Mama? Where's Michael? What? What? Where's Michael? Where's Michael? Oh, and, and then, but they bring Michael in, right? And then Papa looks at him and he goes... The attempt on my life has left me scarred and deformed. But I assure you, my resolve has never been stronger. <laughs> <laughs> and he gives a Palpatine speech from Revenge of the Sith. That's. I thought that sounded familiar. The attempt on my life has left me scarred and, and deformed. deformed. <laughs> but I assure you. <laughs> My resolve has never been stronger. Um, I wrote down a couple of notes about. I was a little drunk when I watched that. It. No, it's not bad. It's good. I, I I like it. Um, there was a couple of other notes that I wanted to bring up as discussion points before going into some of the trivia. I'm not going to go into a lot of trivia. I didn't. A lot part too. There and wasn't again, a lot really. Well, and there's a lot of shit that we all know, especially with the first one. Anyway, like Robert Evans, and just in general, the studio did not want. Pacino in the role because he was an unknown at the time and it Make, works but it work. you don't know it works mate it works um but I think there's a serious obstacle sometimes with the godfather and women in general with liking this movie Jamie loves these movies again not all women sure some women well this movie with well, these movies typically and uh, most don't find it enjoyable well no this these movies don't treat women very well <laughs> and that's the point that i was going to make Sorry. is that the, no no it's okay it's just the female characters in the godfather are either invisible they are relegated to to basically being permanent silence or they're little more than just victims like in this movie number one connie is a fucking victim in almost this entire first movie sure an unfortunate, but she's a victim. Her character, I will say this for Connie, she she is she's a realized character. Correct. She she 
passes the Bechdel test, I think. I'd have to... Okay. She talks to another... Nah, she might not talk to another female character, actually, about something that's not a man. She probably doesn't pass the Bechdel test. But she's also portraying a woman in a time and in a culture when that was probably accurate. Yes, and when... Like, Lisa came out when the when it was towards the end, and she's confronting her brother about killing Carlo. She's whipping his ass. and But she was like, and I was like, yeah, but Carlo was a piece of shit. Here's a nice piece of shit. That is one big pile of shit. <laughs> I had to get it in there. That's the last episode. Sure. And it's justifiable. And that was a natural resp- relay. But she was like, yes, but at that time, that was his that was her breadwinner. Like that was her life. And she knows that her brother had some direct or direct or indirect response, yeah. response to getting rid of Carlo because of Sonny. I get it. So I, it makes sense. Um Michael Corleone appears to have uh was it Michael Corleone appears to have to barter with Apollonia's father so he can court her, where she likely has no say-so in the matter. Monday, Tuesday, Day, Friday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, Monday, Tuesday, th- Thursday, Wednesday, or Friday. whatever, yeah. yeah. Um, says very few words when she does, and is killed in an assassination attempt on Michael Corleone's life. Apollonia only pawn um, in Game of Life. Vito Corleone's wife in this movie specifically mother of his children appears on camera but says very little that could be something that doesn't work actually Uh all of this true she has more of a presence in the second film um and then michael's second wife Kay, is duped into a marriage with a man she thinks is giving up a life of crime and her opinions are ignored and she's expected to be a dutiful mafia wife um, she's blatantly lied to by Michael at the end of the movie with the very uh, iconic door, like Al Neri closing the door. Did, do you think on, she's literally like, she's literally just walked in there and been like, "Look, dude, I'll tell you my business." Cards on the cards on the table, Michael. Look at me. I, cards on the table. Are you are you the head of a major United States crime family? I'm going to ask you one time. Okay, okay, I'll tell you one time. One time. No. No, I'm not. And she's like, okay, okay, good. Turns around, walks away. I have doubts. And then looks over and realizes someone's kissing his fucking hand. She goes, motherfucker. <laughs> right? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. The, that, that sort of turn right there, that, or that, <sighs> that drop. You know, like, 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 okay, you have to see that, right? Come on, you got it. You know this is not good. Six you years later, imagine the amount of cold chill she probably felt when that door was being closed in her face, as mm-hmm. people are kissing his husband's hand like he's a fucking king. <laughs> I mean, come on. Wait, I thought you said you were. Oh shit. Um. So trivia. Six pack trivia. I don't even know if you're going to play the music over that part, but sure. if not, that's I'm going to try to get as many of the drops in one more time. <laughs> I might even just at the very end of the episode after we're done talking, just... Computer says... If and, you can take out one 
fuck and put in a honk, it'll be perfect. Inside joke! <laughs> Fuck. Uh, okay. I have only um, a few, but I have limited. Sure. Because, again, this movie's 50 years old, and if you like this movie, you also kind of find out how this movie was made and the obstacles they ran into. The film's opening scene, a three-minute zoom out of the uh, Amerigo, the mortician. mortician, and Don Vito Corleone was achieved with a computer-controlled zoom lens. Huh. How so big get, that must have been. Yeah, you would think. Like, I don't know. It wasn't anything that was specifically implied seen in, in the offer specifically, but, like, I guess it's just you you want to get it right. You don't want to do it with a hand so you can get it timed just right to zoom out huh. in that three minutes. Because it kind of starts on his face and it just slowly Very back. slowly. Uh, during an early shot of the scene where Vito Corleone returns home and his people are carrying him up the stairs, Marlon Brando put weights under his body on the bed as a prank to make it harder for them to lift him up the stairs. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but yeah. It's what funny. a dick. <laughs> like, good Lord, this is heavy. <laughs> Apparently there was a lot of mooning on set uh, throughout the production, and I think they crowned... Uh, um, Brando as the Moon King, because they were just fucking mooning people because did break tension ah. while shooting the movie. Uh, that may or may not have been implied in the offer. I can't remember. Uh, uh, Gordon Willis, the cinematographer, who uh, his nickname is the Prince of Darkness. Oh yeah, since uh, his sets were so underlit that Paramount Pictures executives uh, initially thought that the footage was too dark until they were persuaded otherwise otherwise by the DP as well as Coppola to emphasize the shadiness of the Corleone family dealings. Absolutely. It would make sense though, right? Um, and apparently he would lose his shit with some of the actors because they had to hit their marks. Otherwise they they're not lit. They are not lit. And so he would lose his temper sometimes with that. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola held improvisational rehearsal sessions that simply consisted of the main cast sitting down in character for a family meal. Like sitting down like you were playing one of your D&D characters with all of your other friends playing their D&D characters That's and fun. having a fucking dinner together. And they do that in the offer. And it's weird, but kind of <laughs> cool at the same time. Like, what is going on? But it was just a way to they, that they couldn't break character. And Coppola saw this as a way for the cast to organically establish how the family roles are seen in the final film. Which, again, just works really well. Uh, the scene where Sonny beats up Carlo... That is Connie's husband, for those that maybe aren't as familiar with The Godfather as we well, are. There's also a lot of names that get thrown around. Correct. Uh, took four days to shoot and featured more than 700 extras, and the use of the garbage can lid was improvised by James Kahn. That's great. 
one of the reasons why Francis Ford Coppola finally agreed to direct this film was because he was in debt to Warner Brothers for a $400,000 budget of overruns on George Lucas's THX 1138. So Lucas urged him to take the job. Wow. Take the job. Hey, Frank, go, <laughs> this might be your only chance to direct a great movie. I'll never get to do it. <laughs> um, George Lucas put together the mattress sequence, the montage of crime scene photos and headlines about the war between the five families right before you oh, see go Michael to, go to going, the mattresses. To, yeah, going to the mattresses and all that as a favor to Coppola for helping him fund American Graffiti. He asked not to be credited. Huh. So it's kind of cool that but, there's even a little bit of fingerprint of Lucas in there. But they I, were kind of together. I fucking love that clique of dudes that came out of USC. Right. And, oh, God. They fucking, they owned the 70s. Yeah, they did. Um, the scene of Michael and Kay at the wedding at the beginning were all shot at night. You can't tell that, though, really, can you? Well, the movie's so fucking dark anyway. Correct. I kind of want to go. So back I'm guessing when that. they're in close. When they're, but when, when they're sitting at that table outside of the house, that's all at night. I love that bit, too. It was due and, to the rust schedule, and Coppola had to get their scenes into the bag, and uh, apparently Gordon Willis was furious about having to rig up so many lights to make it look like it was daylight. <laughs> you but, this is one of those I never knew that. This is one of those movies, man, where like what the actors are doing is so for the most part understated when they're doing it. Right. Cuz he's sitting in the scene you're talking about, he's telling Kay, "Oh, that big giant ham of a man over there talking to himself kills people when my father that's, tells him that's to." That's Luca Brazzi. That's Luca Brazzi. And he was a real fucking dude, by the way. He was. Uh, the guy who played it was a mobster. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 He basically Played was Played by Lou Ferrigno in the series. Nice. <laughs> he basically was Luca Brazzi in real life. He was a yeah. boxer. Anyway, he's he's telling her in the gentlest way possible. He told. He is a murderer. <laughs> he basically said that his brains or his signature would be on the contract. <laughs> and, and there's not I love looking for shit in movies. Yeah. You don't, you can't, I, I can't with these. I'm so fixated on like, how is he? I'm not an actor. I don't have any desire to be an actor. I never have. I don't even really care for the art form. You know what I mean? Like, I like watching guitar right. players or comedians, but like with this movie, it's like, I know that's Al Pacino. Right. And but at the, the same time, it's not. It's not. Yeah. Because it's so not him. It's not him. Yeah. And it's like, I just, I just fucking love this character. This movie is studied for the this one and the second film especially is is definitely studied for the performances because of how good they are. But apparently the guy who played Luca Brazzi, he flubbed his line several times and so you see him kind of stuttering when he's talking to Don Vito. It works. It works because of how intimidated he was being around Marlon Brando. Brando thought he was just so fucking good at acting that he was just – that was his performance about like he was so intimidated by Don Vito when the fact he was just intimidated by Marlon Brando. But the, so the, so, so because he's of not that, acting. Correct. He's wow. not acting. And so – but because of that, 
they chose to have him in an additional scene where they point out that that's Luca Brasi and him going over his lines again and again because he's going to fuck up. Oh, that's so. So they put that in later to make that scene more genuine than oh, it actually man. was. Right? That's, that's so cool. Like that's how That's how that, movies ought to be made, man. Right. Leave the human element in it. Leave like I was listening to um uh, um uh, I think it's a podcast called Unspooled with Paul Shear and I cannot remember Amy something. Is I it? know you're talking about it cuz I've listened to it before, but it's been a while they since. They were I talking have. about Mel Brooks making Young Frankenstein and they were doing a take where the camera trucks in and it's shaky. Because they're sh- they're moving it by hand, and right. the, the DP was like, oh, wait, "Cut!" And Mel Brooks was like, "Whoa, whoa!" I yell, "Cut!" What? 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 He's like, "Well, the camera moved," and he was like, "Yeah, I'm making a Frankenstein picture." Like, <laughs> go back and watch Frankenstein. It's from fucking forty years ago. Like, the camera's shaky. That's weird when you think about it in seventies thing. It was from forty years ago. The I know, right? Now it's like it's from eighty years ago. It's from, <laughs> it's from ninety years ago. <laughs> Nathan said, from, Nathan's had four beers today already, gang. Not yet. It's still three. Um, Fuck you. But leaving that human element in the... Like, it fucking works, man. Like, everything is too well lit today. Everything is acted too perfectly. Everything mm-hmm. is too timed out. Everything is too too clean. There's not any grit or humanity. Even with actors in the movies, there's not any humanity to it anymore. That's what... However bad and sideways and evil or whatever these people were they were still humans the, the characters i mean yes. not the actors yeah. well they're human too i've heard al pacino drinks baby's blood um and his pituitary <laughs> gland is calcified it uh, is that is a joke in case anyone is listening that might be weird about that uh the pituitary gland yep no i love that that's so i, I didn't know that about luca brasi's lines yeah um, the last bit of trivia is kind of a funny one. It says the only comment Robert Duvall made about his performance was that he wished they would have made a better hairpiece for his character because that dude was pretty much bald. Like once he was in, uh, he looks all right. I love. Tom he looks Hagen. fine, but you Tom know, Hagen. but you know, when you see Tom Hagen in part two, he's mostly balding. No, and he that's said, just I'm not, legit. He's, I'm not wearing that hairpiece. Correct. Get the fuck out of my it head. makes sense too. So, because this was '72. Yep. Mash was. 69 movie mash 70 the movie was 70 it, was it 70 mm-hmm. okay uh he was bald when he played frank burns in mash yeah that's true so yeah i do find that funny though he's like the only thing i my only comment i have on my character is they should have come up with a better hair again piece or just remove it not not noticed it's really not noticed but i do find him fun finding it funny is yeah kind of good there's that's all right because when we briefly talk about part three and why it's not great, when, when, there's what, a what, mo- you talk, what do you mean exactly? Uh, there'll be something that I want to bring up as well. That'll be that. something that Nathan wants to bring up because I'll know. bring it up. I like bring it up. Someone after said we talk long. Someone said a long time ago. I like my Godfather movies the way I like I like my Michael Jackson plastic surgeries. They should have stopped it too. Two. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't my joke. I don't remember who said it. It was a long time ago, too. Uh, um, does it hold up? Uh, you know, in this day, yes. It's actually. so slow. <laughs> um, oh, my God. 
I do have to be in the right mood for it. Almost. Sometimes you can put yourself. You hear that e- siren? Yep. It's uh. No one else is going to hear that. There's a, it's too low. I live uh, the area of town I live in. We have tornado sirens. And right. The first Saturday Saturday of the month, they test them. They'd be doing it at MTSU, so we would hear it from where we're. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, I, I do have to be in the right mood to watch The Godfather and The Godfather Part 2, and that typically is I watch The Godfather, and then I want to watch Part 2, which often happens the next day because it's hard to watch these. Back-to-back, like, same day? It's going to take uh, you all afternoon and evening. It is. It is an event. They, it is an event, and it is not a toe-tapper. It's not a, it's not a downturn. Like it doesn't depress. The second me. one is a down, a bit of more of a downturn. It's but a it, bit more of a downturn, but it's not. I get it, but it's not like. What am I trying? What's what's what I'm trying to think of? The fly keeps popping into my head. Like the fly is a bummer. You know, it's a good where he grabs the shotgun and here, yeah. put it here. But you know, as he as he declines, that's a, that's a, that's a depressing movie. Very true. This isn't a depressing movie. No, especially not the first one. No, no, I. Oh man! I understand. I I totally understand. I have to be in the mood to want to watch The Godfather. However, if someone just turns it on within three minutes, I'm in. I'm in. Yep. <laughs> I have to be if I have to be in the mood to initiate it. But if I walk past it and it's on, like yeah, well, that's my afternoon over. All right. Well, I'm sitting down here, and I'll see you in three. Okay, honey, can you grab me a beer? Why three? Actually, three, four, <laughs> something like that. Um, I feel like like final thoughts wise for this movie. It's like with its impeccable casting, iconic score, breathtaking cinematography, and rich and complex story. I think The Godfather is still one of the greatest movies ever made. Even watching it mm-hmm. a week ago. But what elevates this movie for me more than other gangster or mafia movies is the element of family, like we talked about before, that is often sorely missing in other pictures. I think Puzo and Coppola weave this richly complex story with three-dimensional characters into something almost special that other filmmakers just failed to capture before that. Or like, after. Or yeah. after. For Scors- the Scorsese does. But there's not necessarily a family element as much. There's not. It's the cool mobster element that he incorporates in what makes those movies so fun to watch as well. The family element doesn't exist with as much with with Scorsese as not, with Coppola. No, not like this. Not, a, not, not close. Right. And that's what really makes this movie click so well. Do you think – so going back to the – to the funeral scene when uh, Tessio comes up <laughs> on my turf and and, yeah. and makes the offer to Michael and then Tom Hagen leans down and he goes, I always thought it would be Clemenza and Michael says, Tessio's a smarter Smart. move. He Correct. was always smarter. Do you think Michael is actually like, yep, I, I checked my work and my, Papa's math checks out that that's exactly what was going to happen or do you think he's like, that's a false sense of like, I'm in control of this shit. Because when I watched it, when I watched the first one last week, I was like, he, uh, I think he's kind of, pa- he's kind of out of his element a little bit. He's out of his element. Um, I don't, I think it's Papa's math works out because the reason why Tessio goes against the family is because he did not fear Michael. Sure. But what I'm Clemenza saying Clemenza was loyal. Tessio was smarter and went, <laughs> 
what with what he thought was the better deal for him and for his area. And so yeah. I think I think he's not completely there yet. Yeah. I think he's close. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I'm not underestimating uh Michael Corleone in this scenario to begin with, but I think he's still I think he's still checking all the boxes. He's still double checking. Yep. Papa's math checks out. Yep. Okay. It was. Okay. He's. Well, it makes sense. He yep. is the smarter one. I mean, he'd been around that family the entire time. These are just basically two un- additional uncles of his family yep. that existed. So for him to say that makes sense. But yeah, I. That's how I would read the scenario. Is he's not there. Yet. He's there. Ten years later, when we see him, I in took Godfather it. I, that, I, I took it as him going like. I didn't figure Dad this, was right. Yeah, I didn't figure this out. I wouldn't have figured this out if Dad hadn't told me. Dad told me like, ah, oh, Dad was right. Okay, shit. Dad but was I have right. to. I have to put on the fucking tough guy front. Right. And then like when Tom Hagen says that, I have to look like almost like he's gatekeeping. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. That's how I took it. Because Tom's his other brother. Yeah. Basically, he treats Tom Hagen like shit. Yeah. Uh, the second one especially. Especially. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and you know, Papa didn't want this for him. And Michael is the best, ironically, the best at it out of all of them because he has the brutality of Sonny. Yeah. And the smarts of Papa. Of his dad. Yeah. And he yeah. has nothing from Fredo uh, or <laughs> no, who really wants yeah. uh, of those. And that's the, the Shakespearean sort of tragedy to it, which I'm sure was, was it Machiavelli is the prince kind of too, especially with so, the second. Yeah movie maybe maybe that's what i mean too, but yeah but that just either like, way either it's it's a greek tragedy and it's supp- and it's not hidden it's supposed to be that but it's just it's just they set it up so well and then it's like you said i think when we were did we talk we talked about that no you and i just talked about the godfather <laughs> part three because i finally watched it a couple years ago finally oh wow okay yeah anyway, just like anyway, just like two or three years ago okay. but uh and i wish i had <laughs> i get but it but the the in trying to protect everything in his life and his family, Michael loses his soul. Yeah, that's what we'll talk about. In the and he makes movie. his Faustian deal in this movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Like he's basically he, he goes Connie's child. He's going to be Godfather, and that whole that whole cut back and forth is fucking brilliant. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's, it's yeah. It's he's, separ- Michael is dying as whatever Connie's kid's name is. is uh, yes, being. Which is kind of funny, too, because Connie's child doesn't really show up in the second movie, too. Oh, well, they talk about him. Yeah. Oh, that is... Well, is it that one, though? I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't, don't, it doesn't Connie's matter. out there slutting around town. <laughs> and that's how The Godfather ends. So, does she have anything else to say about The Godfather? No, because we got more. Because yeah. we'll, we'll... With part we'll, two. We'll get back to it. So, listen to this awesome radio ad. Insert disc two. <laughs> The great dynasty of Don Vito Corleone lives on in his son Michael in The Godfather Part Two, A dynasty of power, violence, and corruption. A dynasty born in Sicily that spread its terror to America. If history's taught us anything, it says you can kill anyone. You can kill your enemies. The enemies fighting you for control of the underworld of Cuba and Las Vegas. You can kill your friends. Friends who have done your dirty work for many years. He taught me... Keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. You can even kill your family. I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. You're not a brother. You're not a friend. I don't want to know you or what you do. Paramount Pictures presents The Godfather, Part 2. 
the most magnificent entertainment of the year. In color, rated R. Under 17, not admitted without parent. The Godfather, part two. <laughs> you get it in there a second time. The Godfather, part two. In case you weren't paying attention. Yeah, could you imagine just driving like... <laughs> Uh, like you're doing a ride share, like carpooling. They don't call it a ride share in 1974. You're doing a carpool. Hey, you want to split a ride share? You want to split a ride share? You're doing a car. You're carpooling with your work buddies. Hey, wait, wait, wait! Don't I want to listen to tunes? No, no, no! no. Just listen to this radio commercial of The Godfather, Part Two. I just like the concept of radio movie commercials for the radio. Just seems so. Foreign? I mean, radio is even. <laughs> you know, I mean, in 1974, it's still. I like, mean, that's just just a straight TV it's a happening medium. Yeah, that's, I, I'm getting my snaps in. He's snapping like Willy Wonka over there. The uh, <laughs> that's just a television commercial that they just use the audio for. Correct on the radio. <laughs> Shut up. Um, that was the best TV spot I had as a radio spot. <laughs> that was great. I liked it. It sounds like uh, like an updated, like a modern version of an old trailer. Kind of. The Godfather, Godfather Part, part two. 2. Like, it's a serious movie, but they make it sound like The it's, French Connection or something. <laughs> right? It's a little different. A little, it's a little different. Uh, <laughs> just a note that I have. It's completely out of context right now, but the, uh, the Don Vito Clemenza mischief music. <laughs> Fucking love that. It's, yeah. it's like um, it's pretty awesome, but it's, it's so like it's fun. It's fun, and it's you're me, like it's, it's, these guys are up to nefarious shit. Well, they're but, stealing yeah, a rug. But it's, stealing a rug. But it's kind of funny. It's it's kind of funny, and it, it's kind of funny because of how it compares to everything else that happens. It's the tonal change. Like, it's right, boom, right there. Yeah, and this is lighthearted for now. For now, and, and, <laughs> and it's a, it's a, at the, at the point in the movie that it happens, it's not as necessary, but it's a, it's a nice way to come up for air for a minute, out of the. Oh my God, I'm drowning with Michael's stuff that's going on right now. Fuck yeah, yeah. It's that's super heavy shit. God, it would have been easier just to stay dark, man, instead of trying to go legit. It seems like so much more work. Have you ever watched – they did a cut where it put all of everything in chronological order. I think that would be bad. It's not great. I think it works better balanced back and forth between Michael and not – but there is a uh, – with Michael and Vito, there is – there was a version either that – I don't think I actually purchased it. I think I borrowed it from a buddy. Um, uh, I don't even know. Shit, they might have had part three, and I don't know. Either way, um, they put everything, and I think it's called the Godfather Saga, and they basically just start with Vito as a kid, with the intro of Godfather Part Two of him in nineteen, born in nineteen oh one, and blah blah blah, and they just follow Vito all the way through, pretty much, all the way through all of Godfather. Okay. And then so Godfather 2 is just the Michael 10 years later and the balance is off. Like, yeah. you know, cuz what he does well You ever tried those... to ride a bike where one wheel was Pacino was and one was De Niro? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one wheel is consistently good 99% of and the time. One is the just... other wheel is good one time out of like 10. <laughs> And every fifth time you hit something, it goes, Hua! <laughs> exactly. Hua! Um, 
No, it goes, that's not what I wanted <laughs> in this movie. That was my shin. <laughs> I was probably <clears throat> 20, 21. This may have been watched in the same weekend that I watched the first Godfather. I, I, I have within a week. I honestly have no memory the first time I watched it, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that it was after I saw something else De Niro was in, and I was like, I fucking really like this De Niro dude. Oh, he's in the Godfather part two? Okay, let me check. Fuck, it might have been 03. I might have seen this. I, I, I honestly don't remember. But my first impressions of this are like, okay, they're bouncing back and forth. Okay. But just when the 50s Michael super heavy Shit comes not noir, like surfing. No, it comes doom, to service. Yeah, doom infused, like heavy weight of almost tedious. The Don Vito backflash. They blend it really well. The Don Vito flashback stuff comes in and like it's not. Let's light, lighten the load. It's here. light. It lightens the load. But it really still, does. But it's, it's still dark. Dark. But absolutely, it, it's not. It's foreboding. Is what's happening. <laughs> with Fuck Michael. yeah. Yeah. How about that Senate hearing or the whatever it is that they got? I'm like, good God. But there's such a tonal shift from the music that you hear before. The Clemenza and the Clemenza Vito kind of mischief music. <laughs> and then this, which is what it starts with, it's like there's this foreboding dread. For obvious reasons. This is it's almost horror like. It really is. Horror. That's what I was thinking the last time I watched this. I'm like, this is. What scene is this? this it's several. But this is mostly the shit with Michael and. Uh, of him sitting Hyman and Roth staring. and all that shit. <laughs> yeah. It even starts with this score. Like, it starts here after. Like, after the bit with Vito before he goes to America. But, like, when it opens back up, like. No, no, that's not true. That is so not right. But either way, it's mostly this shit that's going on specifically with Michael in like 1958 or 57 or whatever it is, late 50s. This is him and dealing with his attempted assassin, failed attempted assassination and finding out that his brothers betrayed him. Even if it's like a pseudo betrayal, it's still a betrayal. Sure. And, you know, Hyman Roth and... and uh, Who's the other dude that's running the New York family in New York at that moment? Uh, um, Rosados. The Rosado brothers. And Tataglia that is coming back and kind of blows up at him at the at Michael's um, or Anthony's first communion party. Like, hey, guess oh, what? Oh, yeah, Frank, uh, Frank Pantangeli. Pantangeli, that's it. Yeah, Michael. I, uh, uh, no, I might have run some olive oil with his father, but uh, I don't know him, no. Yeah, and all of that shit. Anytime that's going on, that's when you kind of hear that music a lot. Or when Al Neary's like, I gotta fucking kill Fredo now. <laughs> God damn it. I gotta kill Fredo. One of my favorite lines. Okay. Well, we well, let's back up for a minute. We talked about the Don Vito and the Don Vito Clemenza mischief music. And then earlier we talked about the, the most gorgeous shot in the first movie. We need to pair that now with the most, I won't say gorgeous shot in this movie, but my favorite. But it's so, it's almost 
fucking gorgeous. Just the lighting and the framing and how Clemenza like, is standing. And we're talking about when they're stealing the rug. And, like the first time he goes out, like you, the first time you see Vito go out with Clemenza, it's like, I got to go get my, my friend's rug. This, he said yeah, that you he guys said, could have he it. He said you could have it. Oh, yeah. can you believe that son of a bitch? The door's locked. Like, of course, <laughs> mind you. Those who haven't watched The Godfather Part Two, half of this movie is in fucking subtitles. It's gorgeous, and you, you know, don't, and you don't care. You don't care. It That's you... why I don't have a clip because anything that I would want to share with you in the second movie is all in Sicilian or Italian. Quick bit of trivia is Robert De Niro spent four months learning the the Sicilian dialect that yeah. Don Vito speaks in, so he <sighs> could do it, and only Italians, which I'm sure a giant amount of saw this. Yeah. But, like, that's not the entire movie going public. Only Italians would totally appreciate that. Right. And I think that's, I think that's great that he did that. And that's just more of that dedication that makes De Niro one of the best actors of the 20th century. Yeah. But, but shot, how you see Clemenza, how he's yeah. The shot we're talking this, about. He's holding the gun. Right he's, up next he's to the door. He's up against the wall, right up on, on that door that is an, almost an entire window. Yep. And the cop's looking in, and, and he knows waiting. The, he knows the cop's about to stick his fucking pig head through the door, and when he does, he's gonna get capped. He's gonna put, <laughs> he's gonna put one to the dome piece, and then he doesn't. Yeah, and you're and like, like the whole time, Vito was just like, uh, is, is what? Uh, uh, like, have you ever been with a friend? I'm, you probably haven't, but have you ever been just? Maybe you out there in the listening audience, you ever been with a friend and you're just going to get like a movie at Blockbuster or you're going to grab a soda or something very innocent and then it turns in some way like maybe Nathan, your experience would have been like, oh, I need to stop in here and get some weed. And you're instantly uncomfortable and you're, you're like, like I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be part of crime. I, I, I got to go see my dealer for a second. I don't, you're like, uh, but uh, no, uh, we were uh, supposed uh, to just uh, go uh, get a soda and go back to the house to watch Pulp Fiction. I don't want, I don't, I don't want to be a part of your weed deal or your fucking, what I don't, no, 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 no. this is incriminating. Yeah. This I don't is want incriminating. To I instantly don't want to be here. I got here under false pretense and I don't want to be here. His discomfort. Like Vito's, yeah, you're it's, like it's great. I mean, he's not like freaking out, he's, but he's but also he, like, there's a touch of he's he's slightly unsettled. Yeah, <laughs> but he's man enough to to keep it inside. Yeah, because uh, he's Vito. You yeah. know, he is the Godfather, and so you're like, Fuck, what 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 is this son of a bitch has got me into? Like this. it was already bad enough that this dude across. Two windows in our building complex said, here, hold on to this for me for a week. What is it? That's a bag of guns. <laughs> now, he didn't say what it was. And I love how Vito oh. opens it up. And it is a bag of guns. And then Clemenza asks him later, did you open another bag? No, it's not my business. I'm like, he opened it. Bitch, and you put that shit in my house. It's my business It's now. like seven fucking revolvers. Hold this for me for a week. I'll come back and get it in a minute. Real quick, let's just move past this. What doesn't work? Nothing? Nothing. Nothing. Cool. Okay. Niente? Cool. <gasps> the first note I had on this movie was, can you imagine at the age of nine years old, if you're being shipped off to America, knowing full well that your entire fucking family is dead and that you have no one else in the world? No. <laughs> I know. So you you kind of understand and and sympathize for Vito and his situation. You, you, yeah, yeah. You're like, you feel bad for him. Yeah. You feel like, oh my God. And this kid is just like. And that's where I think movies like this get picked up by the wrong sort of, or that, that part gets picked, 
picked up and ran with by the wrong, in the wrong way. Right. Like, I'm a fucking man. Yeah, I'm a self-made. I'm a man. I'm a self-made dude. Like, a, 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 you know what I mean? Like Macho, tough shit. No, he did not. No. He, he made it with a little help from his friends. And he and, and a lot of, and a lot of crime. It, yeah, a lot of crime. And I love how his name while it comes into play later like, "Oh, you took the name of the town." And Mike, "Well, not intentionally, but the dude at Ellis Island gave me the fucking name of Corleone because I was Vito of Corleone. My name was Vito Andolini and it Just, was, "Oh, of Corleone? Okay. Vito Corleone." Fucking white. Here's another white person. Just <laughs> Vito Andalini is a way cooler name. It is right. I yeah. mean, Corleone is fucking badass too, but Andalini is also just as cool. Corleone is the kind of like okay, Warren Buffett's the billionaire you know about. Right. There's 20 other billionaires that you don't even know their fucking name. <laughs> Andalini is that billionaire. Yeah. Who Cor- changed his name? Yeah. To the town he came from. Because I would be Travis Winchester. That's pretty cool. That sounds like a cowboy, Travis Winchester, <laughs> like a commercial cowboy, like you know the one that sells cereal in the fifties and yeah, you know, like a BB gun. Nathan Moorpark doesn't work as well, or Nate, even Nathan Glendale uh, still doesn't work. No, that's pretty good. You just sound like a gay porn actor <laughs> with three balls. <laughs> <laughs> what's his trademark? He's got three <laughs> testicles. What's his trademark? What's the what's this kid's deal? I'll tell you, Sammy. He's got tree balls, this kid. Tree. Nathan Glendale with the three balls. That's him. Nathan Whittier. <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. Because <laughs> <laughs> a callback to season one. Uh, I completely forgot how The Godfather and The Godfather 2 pretty much opened the same way with a party event. I like, have this written down. These are bizarro this is the bizarre. Right. This is the bizarre. Like they Godfather. mirror each like while while the Godfather two is longer, but they mirror each other there's, really well. See. Like there's this event, like before it was Connie's wedding. This time it's his son Anthony's first communion party. I like, wrote it down. I thought I wrote it down. There's um, fuck. Where did I write this down? Hang on a second, gang. I wrote that down too. The juxtapose of the opening uh, to the first one is joyous. It's a wedding. And the first communion is. This one to feels be, forced. It does. It feels oh, forced. Yeah. It's dark. There's the. I, I I swear I wrote them down, but there's there's several um, shadow versions of what happened. Mirror images of what happened in the first movie. Um, which is why I wrote down this is the Bizarro version of the Godfather. It's just it's the same thing, but it's it's now in Michael's hands. It's in Michael's world, and Michael's world is cold and dark, and his motives. While at, at the beginning of his ascent or whatever, right. were or descent, depending on how the, you want to the, look at it, they were. I won't say pure, but they were. He was trying to keep his family intact. Yeah, and in doing so, he tore his family asunder. He destroyed his family. Right. Um, I do find it funny that something I just thought about now is while they decided to move out to Nevada. Because of Las Vegas and gambling and and all that shit, that you think he's moving to a warmer climate and it's warmer and it's more welcoming. Lake Tahoe, Nevada, still gets a lot of snow and yeah. it's still just as fucking cold in the winter, just like New York, just in a different way. And it's it's, it's kind of interesting in that just just a position as well. I want to stop and back up to something real quick. Have you ever been to Ellis Island? 
No, I've been to Liberty Island, but not Ellis. So when I was a kid, I was about 13 or 14. My parents took me to New York City. and I would go now because I haven't been before. One of them or the both of them thought it would be important for me to see Ellis Island. Right. And like, hey, like fucking people came here. And then they got our country turned into what it is because of that fucking island. Because of this place, yeah, good or bad, and like how it how it turned. No matter what country, that's where they were dropped, and that's where they came through, like a fucking like a cattle barn. And that shot of Ellis Island with them all fucking. Now, granted, it was a tourist attraction when I went there in '94. Correct, but that's what it looked like. They didn't change anything. It looks like a fucking. Not a slaughterhouse. I'm not trying to say that. It looks like a fucking... It looks like an asylum, kind of. Yeah. It's very clinical, very... It was August, so it was hot as fuck, but it's not a welcoming environment. No, it's not. And you're online, and they did that to you. You're online to do anything there. And tours, or if you want to get... Like, we ate lunch there, and the food was fucking shit. Uh, I was the first time I saw bottled water, and my dad was like, "What the fuck is this?" He didn't say fuck, but he was like, "The hell, what is, the hell this? is this? This tastes like shit." Poland Springs water. I remember that. Well, that's everywhere in New York, man. But like, I'm I'm very grateful to my parents for having taken me there to see. And I'm sure they they drug me to so many historic places. Like, look, dude, you want to see where Saturday Night Live was filmed? Cool. You got to go to Ellis Island first. I don't want to see where immigrants came from, Mom and Dad. You need, a, you need you need this history lesson, even though you don't want this history lesson. Yeah, and, and sometimes I'm, that's the best way to get it. Sometimes, and I, like every time, like because of that, when I watch that scene and the in, when when Vito is shuffled through and he's given his X Man logo, talk about that in a minute. I feel that because I I've been to that place. The pipes and shit, the 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 ironwork that like stand fucking here, you goddamn Eastern European cow, and come get your name and your mark and all that. Right. I I've been there. It's and it's it was very cool to have seen that. The not to steal another piece of trivia, but the X with the circle. Uh, when you came through Ellis Island, it meant you had a mental or physical defect. Oh, so okay. Pretty sure that's where the X Men came from. That makes sense. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that anyway. is pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, <laughs> the other note that I first put down here was: Would this movie be even half as good if it didn't follow Vito's rise to prominence in New York? Michael is so cold and calculating. You need that balance between De Niro and playing Vito Young. It's dark and his humanity. He's doing dark, bad shit, but he came from and there's nothing a to it. He they, came. He lost everything and then had to come in and become part of another thing and build it up. And there's a warmth and there's a humanity and there's a little bit of humor to it. Correct. Michael that, is that, absolutely Michael. Is, that humor is needed. Yeah, because Michael is a cold piece of silver, joyless, emotionless thing. Sicilian thing, if yeah. You will. I don't mean that as a slight against Sicilians. I'm just quoting the rest. Say bye bye, Michael. Say bye bye. Say bye bye. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what it is. It's like what little bit of humanity Michael has is slowly dying on the vine as he runs the Corleone family business for the next ten years. That when you start in the late fifties, that there's just. I think he died at. The, I I think he died at the funeral. I he died. No, you know where he died? Where Apollonia's death. Sure. Yeah. I think that's where he died. Yep. You're right. I may come across that in a minute here when we talk about it later. 
uh, that I have notated, I think. But you are exactly right. I think that's where he died. Um. <laughs> and then what little bit might have been left when his father was alive died when his father died. Sure. Complete, like completely. Like the like one hundred percent. Like the crystal at the end of Superman. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> you did. Um, I don't know which to do first. I'll do. I'll do my toss away line. So, if you won't immediately give a favor to Don Vito, he's gonna cut up a horse and put it in your bed. <laughs> right. If you won't do a favor for Don Michael, he's gonna cut up a whore <sighs> and put it in your bed. The senator from Las Vegas. They're not Vegas, but Nevada. Yeah. Right, Senator Geary. I don't know what happened. I don't remember anything. I'm like, yeah, there's a reason why. <laughs> you were drugged, son. Uh, I, I love I did, how I, they mispronounce his name. Corleone. Corleone. Anthony uh, Vito. Antony Corleone. Vito. Vito. Oh, that's what it was. Anthony Vito Corleone. <laughs> now, what that is dude? You? Can you be any whiter? Oh, that no. dude. Is, that dude. Is that GD dude. Stradlin. He's great, dude. He's a but he. He plays this role perfectly. He's, oh, he's a great villain. <laughs> he plays. Uh, he's in Ed Wood. Is he know. even a villain in this movie, though? Yeah. In until he gets out villained by the fucking <laughs> until he wakes up next to a dead whore. <laughs> yeah, he gets out villained by the Run DMC of fucking villains, which is Michael he doesn't Carl wake Lincoln. up to a dead horse. He wakes up to a dead prostitute. <laughs> well, the joke is dead whore because horse <laughs> sounds like horse. Did you just not get that? Maybe. Oh, Jesus Christ, Nathan. This beer is delicious. Yeah, you should have Shut some, up. some water and a sandwich. Maybe <laughs> a plate of french fries. Uh, <laughs> what's your favorite line or scene in this? Is, um, it, is it a clip? No, you said there's no it's clip. Not, there's no clip because all... the clip that I would play, you wouldn't understand what's going on. Um, my favorite line or favorite scene, I said I have a lot of favorite scenes with this movie, but my absolute favorite is the sequence where young Vito <gasps> follows Fanucci. Me too! Through the, through the city, from building top to building top. Oh, God, me he too. He positions himself in a darkened hallway and assassins Fenucci with the towel wrapped around the pistol or De whatever. The catch is fire. De Niro's idea to put it in a towel. Is it? Yeah. I had no according, idea. According to De Niro. But just that ding, 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 ding. He taps the, like, Fenucci taps the light. What's, what? Now, I, I have to clarify this because, like I did with the slapping of Johnny Fontaine, it's not the macho shit of, like, the Godfather's taking his shit. He sees what says and he's taking it. It's not that. It's that he is that. Brilliant. Yes. And then the way they... The fact that Kabula and the fact that Bruno Kirby, Kirby playing Clemenza doesn't see it, he's just like, are you nuts? Kind yeah. of like response. Yeah. Like Tessio, you can kind of see like... He's uh, doing the thing. There's some there. wheels turning in yeah. his head like... I don't think... Uh, I think Vito might be a little uh, stunad. Not stunad. Yeah. Crazy. I don't know how yeah. you say crazy in Italian. Stunad means stupid, I think. Uh, Stugatz means balls. Because <laughs> that's a Sopranos thing. Stugatz. <laughs> The what 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 is my favorite about that is yes he's he's it's what it's what Don, uh, it's what Vito is doing, but it's how they execute it behind the oh yeah behind the camera, and the, then like I don't know why it sticks with me but like there are three chimneys right there where he busts the gun against the wall and then throws them down the chimneys Bing 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 and yeah. the chimneys are right there. But they might as well be in three different fucking countries because right, they're in three, three different, different homes yeah, or whatever yeah. yeah. And like no evidence, 
it's it it shows you like you, you knew he. I mean, you saw the first movie, so you know he's not an idiot. You know Correct. he's you know he's not soft headed. But this is when it first comes out. It's, it's again. It's it's like I said earlier. It's that dude. Just be patient. He's like he wants two hundred dollars from each of them, and he's like, just give me fifty bucks. Give me fifty bucks. You give each. me fifty bucks. He'll take it. I promise. I'll take care. I'll take care of it. I'm Mike, I'll take care. I'm, I'm making off. He don't refuse. He don't refuse. That's, but the that scene is kind of fun too, because you have Don Fanucci. It's a douche. Don Fiducci. He is King Douchey. He's walking down through the street, and then what? Is, I don't know what that festival is that they're. Yeah, I called it a. What did I call that too? Why were we watching it last night? A, uh, Italiano Americano festival. Dollar bill encrusted crucifix or something. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. But he walks by, and they've got this little marionette play happening, and he goes, "Oh, this is too violent for me." Knowing yeah. that he's like a total Piece of shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's two. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of fun, and not. It's it's an action sequence, is what it is. It it's is. A, it's an action sequence in a movie that doesn't really have that many of those. No. Or a series of a pair of movies not that like doesn't that. really have those. And in a way, Don Vito was kind of like Batman. He was like Batman. And then when he comes down out of that hallway and he's got his collar popped up and he's got his uh, whatever the I call it a snap brim, but whatever you call the hat. Yeah, it, I would think it'd be a snap brim. He could Young De Niro could have been a good Batman. With those gaunt, gaunt ass. Fucking cheesy. Don Vito was the first Batman. Okay, <laughs> sure. Uh, Little Italy, he's Gotham, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he he's so. Fanucci is the joke. <laughs> uh, he'd be the penguin. That, oh, you're all right. He would be. The and he penguin. unscrews that light just enough, and then he backs up and stands there. And, and he just fucking waits. And he's just fucking. He just he's patient. He just waits. There's yeah. that patience that yep. you have with. And he's not killing somebody. He he's killing a bad guy. He's not. He's not killing someone that doesn't deserve it. It's not necessarily his place to kill a guy, but you don't like you like. Don Vito. Correct. You never don't like Don Vito. You never don't like Don Vito. You never like Michael. Pretty much. Once he takes that army uniform off, you don't like Michael. No, you don't. Well, you don't like Michael after Apollonia, like you said. You don't like Mike. You like Michael when he exacts justice with Salazzo and McCluskey. Yep. You know, and you like him when he goes to Sicily. Yep. But you don't like him. You're right. After, after he loses a, a Apollonia, yeah. When he comes back, you don't you don't like Michael. You anymore. don't like Michael, and there's a reason why. Because and the scene, uh, it's another piece of trivia. I, I, evidently, I'm just paying my trivia. Out That's all right. Through the episode, it's cool. The scene where he kills Don Fanucci, they basically mirrored it two years later for Taxi Driver. Really? When he shoots the guy, he shoots. Uh, uh, Harvey Keitel's uh, thank character. You. Yeah, shoots him in the face. And then when he's laying on the ground, he shoots him in the mouth. Right. It's what he does to Don Fanucci. Yeah. I love – There is there nothing more weirdly almost surreal but very realistic in the death scenes in these movies? They look They look like – Like, like maybe. snuff films almost kind of that. Yeah. There's that level of detail – when Fanucci has his arms up on the wall and he's holding himself up as long as he can, and then he just fucking drops. Yeah. He doesn't fall out of frame. He drops out of frame. Yeah. And you're like, fuck, 
That was cool. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Because it's like, because I want to rewind and watch shot, it again. Because I fucking hate it. Then he shot in the face. It, it's the face shot. What if they the shot end. you in the face? What if they oh. shot me in the face? Shot me in the fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> um, one note that I put when I was watching this, especially when I watched these within like one to two days of each other, if part one's focus was on family, and I and I kind of re note re added notes to that. Like part one is like the first film is really family and strength, and you get that additionally when you see part two. But the Don Vito part. with Don Vito. Yeah. Part two, when it's Michael, it's power and loyalty. That's all that it is. If you don't have loyalty to him. And his power that he has, you're in the crossfires. With part one, you see what is. And with part two, you see the beginning and the end of it. Yeah, the you, corruption of it and the what takes over that. Yeah. You see the corruption that power brings mm-hmm. with being in that role and the fact that Michael couldn't. This is Michael mine. could handle it, but he also couldn't handle it. It got to, yeah. Yeah, he could he could handle it, but he couldn't handle himself handling it. Um, I what did I put? I said I I feel Michael because Michael focused so much on power and working so hard to eliminate his enemy enemies that the scales shifted off balance and he lost loyalty and he hurt his family. Mm-hmm. This is these two movies. I think the first one more than part two, but this is the best Pacino was ever going to be. Yeah. I, I don't really care for Pacino and anything else. I, I, I'm not. I'm not making a joke. I'm not. No, taking no, a shit. I get that. Pacino's I, a fine he, actor, for fuck's sake. But I mean, there's a preference as well. But I, yeah. I totally get it because he, by like the early '80s, he very much, he just lifted far into the. I mean, he starts it in this with his shouting. It's it. not what I wanted, Rocco, alive. Like, and when he yells at Tom Hagen, like, can't but you give me a straight answer anymore? But it works All so right. well. There's she just fucking that... lost the baby, Mike. Yeah, there's that power. That's the power that he has in this oh, it's, movie. No, but it's it, his but anger. It's, but it's rage. It's rage because yeah. this is, he didn't want this either. This was, this was thrust on him, and he doesn't want this either. And he's... <laughs> I'm tapping into shit. Sorry. That's all right. He doesn't want to do this job anymore either. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He really does He's mad that he has to. And nobody will fucking listen to him and make it any easier on anybody else. Nobody will listen to him and make it any easier on anyone else. And he can hang on to it for a minute. And then when you fucking just don't answer his fucking question with a fucking yes or no answer, he snaps. Yeah. Um, one of the one of the additional notes that I put down on Mike, there's a ruthlessness, a darkness that embodies Michael Corleone in the second film. You only get glimpses of it at the end of the first um, but they are in full force in the second film. There's also such a stark contrast, like we've talked about, between Vito and his son Michael when you're watching these stories kind of unfold on screen together when they're intercut together. And there, that balance is needed. Like, it's good to get that unfortunate Michael darkness because you know you're going to get Vito's rise. Until he kills Don Ciccio. <laughs> Very true, and then that's the end of that's the yeah. end of Vito. That's the, and then it's then it goes back. To, it, it ends. It ends. My name, like is Vito Andolini. 
And, and he, he sticks that cuts him from neck to nuts. <laughs> Pretty much. It's great. Uh, yeah, you're like and for, when I was younger, I'm like that looks kind of fake. It looks dumb. And then I watch it now, I'm like, oh my god. Uh, uh, uh. Can you imagine? Big just fucker. He his... shot a woman. Fuck him. Again, more with the uh, his mom oh. sacrificed herself to save her son. I'd like yeah. to go back for a second and talk about that. I I fucking love Kay in this movie. Yeah, because she is bitter. I don't. I don't like that she's in a bad spot. No, but, but she's, she's 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 got more depth. She's got more depth, and she as a as a as a uh, a partner or whatever she is to Michael. Uh, she's I think it was partners, not a spouse. She's taking control of her life in the only way she can, or the only way she thinks she can, to get any sort of autonomy back. And. She's bitter. She's dark. She knows now what she knows, and she knows she's lied to, and she's she's in. She for knows she's what she's kind of agreed into. <laughs> and do you know what? No, it wasn't a miscarriage. That was. Uh, I think I might have written that down for trivia. I think that was Talia Shire's. Yeah, it was Talia Shire's idea to make it an abortion. Not actually in the script. It was actually supposed to be a miscarriage. But she confronted Michael and said it was an abortion. Talia Shire uh, went to Coppola and said, "Hey." It would be really fucking add a lot more weight for her to get her revenge if she aborted a baby. So he did that. So in uh, to to uh, say thanks to Talia Shire, he wrote the scene for her where she comes and begs Michael on Fredo's behalf, and he's so he's so sweet and he's, he's so, innocent. so innocent. And man, she's so good in that scene. She is. And you're like, but he, there's that. I think what also works is there's that fear. There's the fear with Connie of and Michael. Bro- of Michael. Yeah. They're afraid like, of him. No one loves him. No one loves no him. One loves They're him. afraid They're of all him. afraid of him now. Yeah. yeah. Like, he didn't have the fear until the end of the first Godfather. He's got all the fear now. I do like, uh, just, I'm just, I literally watched this less than 24 hours ago, so I'm, a lot of scenes are still fresh in my head. Other ones you slept through? The, yeah, the last. <laughs> I Fell asleep, I'm pretty sure, after Don Vito kills Don Ciccio. Because I remember. Because that's Michael. the last, yeah, that's the last scene that he's in. Yeah. He's holding so Michael's Im- arm and the last waving it up. Scene. It is. But I still, to this day, I'm like, is he with Hyman Roth or is he not with Hyman Roth? Like, does he. It's so complex, it's almost a little... Confusing? Confusing. Yeah, and it's like, are they frenemies? No, they're frenemies, because no. that's what he means by keep your friends close and your enemies closer. That's why he's sucking Hyman Roth's ass. Because Hyman Roth is the bad guy. He is. And that scene when Hyman Roth talks about Mo Green, like they they came up as little gutter snipes. He gives the history of Mo Green yeah. in like, like three sentences Someone or shot him through the eye. There's not even a plaque or whatever. And I knew it was business. I didn't ask. And that's his way of going like, look, motherfucker. I know it was you. Yeah, I know it was you. Who else would it be? And I know that you know that I just did what happened to you. I know that you know that that I know know that that you know. know. We got him on the run now. (laughs) That It's like, dude, how did he not have stomach cancer? From like, how do you not like... 
not Hyman Roth, Michael. How, like, like, how are you not just drinking Pepto Bismol twenty four seven? You could have stopped at drinking my Lanta. <laughs> how are you not just drinking all day? Like, how <laughs> how do you sleep, dude? And I love just the you understated. Have some Pepto? I love the understated bit of him constantly just popping a couple of pills, which I'm assuming are just aspirin. Probably because he would in night in this and the time frame and the time frame of the movie that's taking place. Sure, because he likely Michael Michael wouldn't let himself be uh, inebriated because fuck if he's inebriated he can't think of do his business. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, If you did a magic wand or a recast, this is where I got fun with it. Okay, well I'm glad you got fun. I'll get mine out of the way so we can enjoy yours because I just recast three roles and. I recast Young Vito, I recast Hyman Roth, and I recant, recast um, Pentangelia. Pentangeli. Pentangeli. Mm-hmm. I don't I, I want to keep putting an A at the end. Well, it's Italian. probably because of the five beers. That probably is adding <laughs> The five Nergansets. <clears throat> so you've seen The Batman. Yeah, a couple times. It's amazing. I put Robert Pattinson in Young Vito's. Wow. Yeah. But watching the Batman made me realize, holy shit, he could handle that now. He could play that role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Young um, v- young Vito. Yeah, Young Vito. I couldn't. This. Yeah. Yes, Young Vito. I couldn't figure out a way to recast Bruno Kirby as Clemenza. And on in all honesty, Tessio was kind of a tertiary bit in this one yeah he's really not focused on you see him but you don't really see him his main focus is the first movie yeah so hyman roth <laughs> oh mike i need an old jew there's, there's a few ma- out there yeah but i was trying to pick one that was alive but he passed away this year i picked alan arkin Oh, Alan Arkin. <laughs> oh, Mike, he could play a dirty bastard. He would be a he, good. Yeah. He'd be a good. It'd be different. It kind of be the way I would see it. It'd be kind of against hype, but I think it would work. Yeah, it could work. Yeah. And then the only one was again was Pentangeli, and I chose Chaz Palminteri. He's the cop in uh, knew, Usual Suspects. I knew yeah, Chaz Palminteri. I was, t- I could I I could have gone through three huh. four more. I'm like, nope, just how many Italian Americans can I? Be? <laughs> I was I couldn't get Joey Pants out of my head for a second. I, oh, I, Joey I, Pants yeah. would be really good. Joey as, Pants would be better uh, as than Pentangeli. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But those were my recasting for Magic Wand. I recast. Okay, well, I recast the. Uh, there's a scene at the end of this movie. And it's a deleted scene from the first movie. And it's when I'm quoting the movie here. Okay. So, you know what? I don't fucking care if you care. If you care, cool. If you don't, you don't. Cool. I'm just quoting the movie. You believe the Japs did this on Pop's birthday? That little dinner scene when they. The entered, very last scene. Yeah. Like, I really love that scene so much. It's so good. Uh, I would recast that scene. The The, the kids. Right. With the cast of the rest and of the And Tessio even shows up at the end, too. Yes. Yeah. He brings the cake. Yep. I would recast the kids with the cast of Arrested Development. Which I think they kind of did on purpose with the show. 
Michael Corleone, Michael Bluth. Fredo Corleone, Buster Bluth. Right. Sonny Corleone, Joe Bluth. Job. Connie Corleone, Lindsay Bluth. Vito Corleone, Jeffrey uh, Tambor, George Bluth. Hey, that's the name of the show. Now, if you're not a fan of Arrested Development, it won't make much sense. But if you are a fan of Arrested Development, there is a heavy element of Godfatherness. There is. Um, it's family. It's fucked up. It's Michael fucked is up. Michael. Michael is Michael. George Michael is George Michael. <laughs> not him, but the singer, the singer songwriter. Now, I could sit here and quote obscure Arrested Development uh, lines at you all day, and I won't do that. But that's. That's the recast I would do. Just for funsies in that one scene. I do love that scene so much because my favorite thing about it is Michael comes in with the milk. Um, no, Michael comes in and he... With the milk? Yeah, after Pearl Harbor. And he's enlisted in the army. And Sonny is so mad at him. Because pop, yeah, he pop. no, he listed in the Marine Corps. Marine even. Corps, yeah. But yeah, either yeah. way, yes, he the military. And that's because Pop wanted him to go to college, and he's right. breaking his father's heart on his birthday. And they all leave, and Michael, the dark just horse, just sits there. He just sits there in his own. And it's state. so beautiful because they cut back to him sitting in his compound in dying alone. in um, Nevada. And it's just like not dying Taha, alone, but dying on the inside, dying on the he's dead on the inside. He's yeah. not dying. There is no dying. <laughs> there is death on the inside with Michael Corleone and in this uh, movie, unfortunately, as I uh, as, as Nathan and I sit here and record this. Uh, well, it doesn't matter what year it is, but my grandmother's birthday uh, is on Pearl Harbor Day. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, she will be 96 next week. How old would Vito be? Be nineteen oh one. He'd be a hundred and he'd be one hundred and twenty two years old. Years. So he'd be one of the oldest living people that Denver existed <laughs> to begin with. But again, to paraphrase the movie, do you believe the Japs did that on my granny's birthday? <laughs> Those bastards. <laughs> I love Japanese people. I'm just quoting the movie. It's fun. Please, it's nineteen forty one. Um, see what what? <laughs> There's two other notes that I wrote down here that are kind of interesting. Um. Actually, no. We talked about one because I felt that Vito represented strength, while Michael represented power. Because there's a difference between strength and their and power. I think uh, Vito is okay. strong. Sure. There's a more of a morality a part a part of that, and there's more of a presence of power for. Michael, I guess I would say, because there's something endearing with Vito. Vito has, well, it's skewed. There's still a moral compass. With he's, Vito. Well, he's he's come from nowhere, so he appreciates everything. It's the it's the idea of the first generation builds it up, the second generation runs it, the third generation tears it down, fucks it up. Yeah, right, and. So Michael's never wanted for anything. He's he's he came from. He wants to hold it in place. Correct. Is what it is. He wants to run it. Yeah. Right. Not necessarily, he doesn't necessarily want to run it, but he. Yeah. Yeah. He wants to hold it in place. He wants to 
keep his father's legacy alive. Or protect what, basically yeah, what that is yeah, how sure. I would see that. Okay. Protect I guess, what it kind is. Of. Yeah, sure. Or at least to begin with. I'm sure it's skewed since then, but that's how I would see it. But the other note that I had is like, do you think that Michael would have ended up being more of a nurturing husband and father if Apollonia hadn't died in a car bomb? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, I wonder what his trajectory would have been if that hadn't happened. I mean, in all honesty, while he was completely consumed by the revenge to take like the murder of Salazzo and McCluskey and like, I want to execute them. Like that's even, even on the most human terms and not looking at where he would end up at. It's understandable. Not saying that we would have done something like that, right. but completely understandable. Yeah, I have no desire I, to shoot a cop. Correct. <laughs> but I honestly wonder while, he was completely consumed by the revenge that I wonder if like um, how he would have run his family once he came back to the States, you know, Don't know if he would have, or if he had, what would have happened? Because Kay wouldn't have been involved. He wouldn't have had his other children. Like it would have been a completely different scenario. Yep. And you feel like if Apollonia came back with him, like, would that have, like, anchored his humanity that he lost when she died? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. And that's, like you said earlier, that's the that's where he... I, yeah, ceased. I feel like, like the events of Sonny's death and Apollonia's assassination had directly, like, like, the direct bearing on him and... It devolved him into a tragic hero rather than just a hero. Correct. You know, to come back and run the family. Like the second time Michael gets married, he had already begun his transformation into a cold and ruthless mobster for the most part. Yep. You know, and so I feel like... He'd been, I back, get, he'd been back for a year or two years before he sent for Kay at the school. At least a year. At I the school with a wall, a, a knee-high wall to protect the kids from what's on the outside. Right? Whew. People watching this movie in 2035 are going to be like, wow. Wow. Hmm. Schools were unsafe. <laughs> There's no protection whatsoever. No. I'm I do so love the uh, the naivete of Kay going, come on, Kay. Politicians don't have anybody assassinated. Who's being naive? <laughs> like, really? Okay. Come well, on. I, I, I like, they killed my wife like i'm not saying this to you because you probably will never know about this but come on all right i've worked through quite a bit of my trivia what bits do you have left so the uh the landlord that was kicking the old lady out i love his reaction so when he's sitting down the second time <laughs> with Vito, if Vito doesn't fucking do almost anything and he's like oh He's nervous. Five. So, I'll take five. Ten dollars off the rent. His his trouble opening the door. Do you know okay. about this? No. Was uh, it was a gag they did to him on purpose. They fucked it with the door. They stuck the door wouldn't open if you put a a, a nail in the lock. It stopped the apparatus from opening. Okay. And the actor was a noted Italian comedian, and Coppola wanted to see him react awkwardly and nervously because <laughs> well he got it <laughs> yeah and then when uh, uh uh 
I can't remember the character's name in The Godfather, but he plays fucking Carbone in The Goodfellas with the eyebrows. He goes up to open the door for him. Um, yes. He goes up to open the door, uh, and he just pulls the nail. The actor pulls the nail out so that the door finally opens. And so the guy, the door was stick. The, the idea was that the door was sticking on the landlord, and he's already nervous because he's like, oh, fuck, this guy's a killer. The dude and, that did. Okay. And I just basically shit in his fucking mouth. I told him to go fuck himself. And now I have to go back to him and tell him, oh, yeah. This shit tastes delicious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the door sticks. And that was a fun. So that was like a, it's an in-camera gag. And it was a prank on the actor to get a, an ad-lib, uh, ad-lib response. The guy who plays Carbone, the one that ends up like hanging on a meat hook towards the end. Of oh, his the name is Frank uh, Severo. Is okay. the actor's yes. name. Yes, I, I know exactly you're talking about. I, can't, I don't. Uh, oh, uh, Abandando is the character's name here. Don't know him. Um, I said when Little Vito is at Ellis Island, they put a circle with an X. Said he had uh, mental, yeah. mental, or he well, had something well, else. He too, had he? he had smallpox. Smallpox. That's what it was. Um, Coppola had a terrible time directing the first movie, um, so he has to pick a different director for the sequel um, while taking the title of producer. Yeah, he ended up directing and producing. Correct. The but do you film. know who he chose? Initially, to to direct Godfather Part Two, Scorsese, he did, he did, okay, and the studio said no, no, and we don't. Who's this guy? I'm glad they didn't. No, because you're right. That wouldn't. It wouldn't have been as good. It would have been good. It would have just been different. Here's, it, it needed Coppola's touch of family. Here's the weird connection when we when I watched the third because I watched the third. <laughs> Scorsese's mom shows up in the third. Really? Yeah. Huh. Right before they assassinate uh, Joey Zaza, I've seen it once. I'll never. See I know. It again. I'm, just, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure I caught her. I but know, I'm like, I know when I was saying. sitting there, Lisa was doing some work during the Thanksgiving weekend, and I was just like, "Yeah, that's Scorsese's mom," because she talks about the hoof, the, yeah, paw, the paw, the paw. When they have that conversation, get at the yourself table. a nice girl. Um, do you know the uh, importance of an orange or oranges in the movies? There is, but I don't know what the importance. Whenever an orange is, sh- is shown or shows up, there is a death about to happen. Yeah, because an entire sack fold spills out when Vito is the, well, he the goes, original he, assassination. He, he goes, goes and buys an orange. Buys an orange, yeah. yeah. And then later in the movie, he takes the orange and cuts <gasps> it, puts it in. His oh, and yeah, dies. that's right. To scare his grandson, to play um, with his grandson. That's such an honest representation of a little kid. Sure. The uh, Senator Geary is framed for the murder of the prostitute after playing with an orange. Oh, no, house. I didn't even realize that. Johnny Ola brings an orange into Michael's office before the attempt on Michael's life. Don Fanucci eats an orange just before he is gunned down <laughs> by Don Vito. And Michael is eating an orange while plotting to kill Hyman Roth. Holy macro, you're right on all of these. Young Vito buys oranges from a street vendor shortly prior to plotting his assassination of Don Fanucci. And old <sighs> Vito dies after eating the orange and playing vampire whatever with the kid i didn't notice this it's from imdb no but still i never realized you're right there's an orange in all of those scenes and um uh johnny ola's suit is orange in that one shot it is yeah he's got a full ass full ass orange suit again god damn it fredo keep your lies straight dude (sighs) Oh, I never met Johnny Ola. Hey, nice to meet you. I'm hey, let's go to this weird club where, where I... This guy has where, a 14-foot-long dick. How'd you find out about this place? Oh, my friend Johnny Ola like, showed me this. Yeah. You can't go nowhere in Havana without finding running in old Johnny Ola. Johnny knows these places like the back of his hand, Johnny Ola. You know... 
You know, your brother's right fucking there, right? I'm your, I'm your brother, Fredo. That you just said you don't know who Johnny Ola is. You lied to me, Fredo. You're my brother. Uh, and lastly, the body count. On with the body count! 16. I was going to say 12. I was still with him off. I wouldn't have known what the body count was in the original Godfather. That's uh, that's my trivia. I kind of like uh, paying it out as as the it was uh, good. episode goes it along. It was. Too bad I... we'll never do it again. But um, <laughs> <laughs> we're still we're still making improvements. You even seasoned it well, right up to the end. You seasoned it well um, with just a dash at the end, like this, like emerald. You bam, bam. I guess, uh, does it still hold up? Final thoughts? Does it still hold up? It's always held up. <laughs> it's held itself up since 1974. Oh, man. Um, it's difficult for me initially to put into words why this movie is so good and why it's... Uh, it's really hard for me to say it's better than the first Godfather, but it's like of the of the two movies that have sequels that i feel are better than the original this is better than the original you you okay so and star and empire strikes Specs is better than star wars oh i forgot about that one what were you thinking of well one <laughs> one one pair of the of the movies that i i listed i've seen yes the other pair i've been told uh in Look, I'm not comparing. Right. I'm not comparing the filmmaking or the writing or the gravitas, but I've often said Hellraiser and Hellraiser Two oh. are the Godfather and the Godfather Two of horror. They're weird. They're, they're, I watched them both. That, like again, very don't, close don't, back to back. Don't get hung up on that. That aside, like the second Hellraiser adds to what happened in the first one and then expands on it, and then it also and gives it also you, gets weird, and it gives you a it also gives you a backstory a bit. It does it does right. the same thing. It enhances and holds up the first one. Okay. No, I don't. I'll stand I, by that without I don't, any irony. I don't disagree with that because I have at least can agree that I've seen both of those and I know exactly what you're referring to. And I'm only comparing the the mythology. It's all the Empire is better than Star Wars. Sure. And Godfather 2 is. The other one I've been told is Thor Ragnarok is better than Thor. That is also correct. I, I have nothing but else. That's okay. I have nothing else upon which to base that. You are very <laughs> right in in comparing A New Hope and, and or, because I love them both. But I love them both. But you can't. Number one, you can't have the second without the first. You can't. And like with Godfather, you can't have the second without the first. But the Godfather is good. Godfather Two is, is like, better. Let me. Here's the DNA of this, and here's a little bit of around it let me show you some gravitas <laughs> star wars is not to the empire strikes back what the godfather is to godfather 2 like the equality isn't there right i mean yes and no yes but i guess yes and no I'm, again you're they're, they're all, different they're all genre pieces correct uh but i'll, I'll give you that the, the empire strikes back is way better and eh, no you're right no you're right you're right for what it is, it I'm getting hung up on the shit I told you not to. I know what you on. mean. By expanding the film's universe, The Godfather Part Two reveals the corrupting effect of power. It's breathtaking in its scope and tragic grandeur, 
with its parallel storytelling because you need to breathe a little when you're going back and forth between because Michael can't yeah with with the shit with Michael Corleone and going back to Vito um Coppola's direction is masterful I think De Niro's performance is commanding he definitely deserved the Oscar that he got for that um it's beautifully haunting but it's it's just an incredible tragedy of the American dream where all of your decisions have consequences. Who's a better Don Vito? Vito. No. No, literally. I like Don. I think Don Vito's a better Vito. I, Don. I think Vito is the no, better. No, no, no. no. You're oh. misunderstanding me. Oh, what? Brando or De Niro? Who plays a better? Who's, oh, who's, who's a better Vito? Yeah. I veto this question. Because <laughs> it's really hard to. Who's your favorite parent? Fuck. You can't choose. You can't there's, choose. There's two different characters. There's two different characters, but they're so equally the same. <laughs> yeah. If someone put a gun to my head, I'd say De Niro. But if someone didn't have a gun to my head, I'd probably say Brando. <laughs> if someone forced me to make the ans- give the answer, I would say De Niro. If someone didn't force me, I would say Brando. I would probably say... So, but they... They portray them so well in so many different ways. It's just incredible. I would probably say De Niro as well because he brings a little more fun to it. Oh, yeah. Because that's I think, true. I think he's a better actor because he's an actor. Brando got to a point when he stopped being an actor and he was just he was basically Jim Morrison. And he was just kind of seeing what he could get away with. <laughs> You know what see I mean? what I can get What's away with. What's the story? What's, I love the. Let me it, see what I can get away with. What is it? It's the last tango in Paris when he basically <sighs> raped a woman. Yeah, pretty much. With butter. Yeah. Yeah. Kinda. Not cool. Not cool, dude. Not not even if it's margarine. <laughs> nothing about it's less it. calories. Yeah, nothing about it's cool. <laughs> it's less calories in the rape. Wait, what? Um, I already basically said my final thoughts on it. It's it's a. It's. Fucking cinematic perfection. It really is. I, I can't. I can't conceive of a. Of a, of a I think the only reason bad. why people put The Godfather above Part Two is because you can't have the second without the first. I think that's true. I think that's how they. And I still it. can't come back to the fact that this is all in one book. It's <laughs> right. It's almost six hours of movie, and it's a. Like I said, it's a. It's no bigger than the book Jaws. <laughs> Right, it's not, and I, I still, I, I found it not too long ago when I was unpacking a couple of boxes that I'd had sitting in the garage. I'm like, I need to go through this. I'm like, fuck, I still have my copy of The Godfather. I can't remember the last time I read it that I really can't remember much of reading The Godfather, and I want to reabsorb it, sure. I guess, in a different light, and that would be kind of fun. Um, before. We sign off completely. I do want to have a little bit of a conversation about the 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 third movie that you presume doesn't exist. I don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. All right. Um, I think we kind of had this discussion before or a text message back and forth. Um, I think one of the biggest problems that I have with The Godfather Part 3 is while I don't completely ignored the fact of its of its existence that you kind of do which i completely understand where you're coming from um 
I think the problem is is that I think Michael Corleone's character doesn't deserve any sort of redemption or at least attempt at redemption because he doesn't get redemption in the third movie. He doesn't deserve the redemption that he's even given the liberty to try to take in the third movie, which I haven't seen. I've seen the third movie one time. But I think that's the biggest – that's my biggest issue with that movie. I like the idea of that, of him seeking redemption, of him like having a – what does he say in Pulp Fiction? Uh, what alcoholics refer to as a moment of clarity. A moment of clarity. It was never Coppola's intention to make a third movie. I'm sure Ever. It was, and he shouldn't have. You know why? Money. No, it wasn't. I mean, yes and no. It wasn't that he wanted money. It was the fact that he was deeply in debt to some so let me, cinematic failures let me, in the late 80s. Let me drag out the long dead corpse of a perfect thing and fuck it in let front of you for $15 Let me beat the shit out of pop. it with this Louisville slugger. <laughs> oh, you went Goodfellas. I went porn. Okay. <laughs> or you went casino. I went porn. Um, I, I like the idea of Michael in his later years going like, holy, like having that moment of clarity and thinking, holy fuck, what have I done? I, I now... As I'm older, I realize as I start to slow down what I've, what this has cost me, what I've lost. Right. Just, I mean, I get it. I, I have no. It's it's fun to. Here's what Coppola should have done was like, here, give me fifteen bucks, and I'll tell you my idea for the third Godfather movie, and then he actually wanted to call it the death of Michael Corleone, number one, and Paramount wouldn't let him do it. Didn't he die in the end of the? My, f- Michael doesn't die at the end of the second film. Is it the end of the third one when he falls out of the chair? Depending on the cut you're watching, but yes, okay. correct. Okay, he dies an old man. It doesn't. It doesn't have the gravitas. It doesn't have. Doesn't any- have good acting in it uh, because Coppola, as he often does, uses his family. <laughs> There's a nepotism. And that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's Hollywood. That's any industry. Sophia is a great director. She's she's a brilliant director. She's not a fantastic performer. I could play Sophia Coppola's character better than she did in that movie. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) right. But direct a movie? No. Um, I I think probably direct a movie. But I she I'm 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 rambling. I'm sorry. I get it. She's she's like you said. She's a fucking amazing director. She's a shitty actor. Almost, or at least in 1990, at least in 1990, yes. Like, hey, guess what? What? Well, the first actress that we wanted died. I don't even know who it was, but she died. The second actress was, um, uh, damn, I did the same thing to Lisa. I heard the first actress that they wanted was the lady that played uh, Mrs. Drysdale in the Beverly Hillbillies, (laughs) and she died. The additional actress that they wanted, you know, that tall lesbian was Winona Ryder. She Shut didn't up. die. She didn't die, but she passed. She would have been terrible too. Correct. She was terrible two years later so, in Dracula. <laughs> she wasn't great, but Keanu Reeves was worse. <sighs> Dracula was interesting. I liked Dracula for the most part, but a oh, couple of the roles same, weren't awesome. Same, but same. a couple of the roles were not great. Um, the and, two leads and yes. Winona Ryder. <laughs> Yeah, the two leads, the two biggest stars were not awesome. <laughs> um, but as I put down here, I'm like, no one can, no one can say for sure 
other than maybe Francis Ford, Francis Ford Coppola, why the third film of The Godfather was such a bust. It's like it could have been the terrible nepotism acting by the otherwise great director of Sofia Coppola, who was cast after the first actors had died and the second bowed out. Other actors from the original refused to reprise their roles, like Duvall. So they just killed his character. Tom Hagen. While some other actors had passed away, like Joe Pinnell. But Spinell. I have Pinnell. Either way, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It does to Joe Spinell. He's great. Um, it could have been between the scenes or the fact that um what did I say? It could have also uh, been the odd inclusion of incest, which was weird. I think that's a great way to describe incest. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great way. It's a great adjective. It's a hey, great... cousin. Yeah. Want to fuck? Want to fuck? <laughs> uh, no. Well, we got too many teeth to be fucking. Let's remove some. Let's knock some of them teeths out. <laughs> hey, Rocco. Come here. Knock some of my teeths out <laughs> so I can fuck this here Coppola. Uh, I had the lazy writing of the script or the notoriously shoddy editing between the scenes or the fact that Coppola's heart honestly wasn't in this third one. Honestly, I think uh, Coppola had said, number one, that he had really had no desire to make a third movie. He really didn't. So why not just adapt something else? Because he needed money. No, I, know, I know, but I why know. not adapt something else? Because they, they wanted to capitalize. capitalize. Here, There it is. The studio wanted to capitalize on the popularity and financial but impact. The that Godfather the third... had, but it was almost twenty-five years, fifteen. Yeah, years. Yeah, it was too Sorry. much time. Fifteen. It years. was too much time. It now, was fifteen, do you, sixteen do you, years. Do you remember when the Godfather three came out? I do, and I at the time that it came out, I didn't understand because I was not like I knew of the movies, but I hadn't seen them at so that you'd, time. You'd have been like same. I was. 10. I was like early high school or end yeah. of junior high. For I was. Me. I was nine or ten. So you'd have been fourteen or fifteen. Right. Um, so like a, in eighty definite... nine ninety, it was like everything was fucking Batman or nothing. <laughs> at uh, that time, I remember that little string of years. Uh, I was Silence of the Lambs, and I remember my mom renting The Godfather Part Three when it was when she could finally get when it. When it was rented for you, and you're like, "No, it wasn't rented for me. She rented it for herself." And, but I don't remember talking to her about it because I, like I said, she brought home. Hey, ma. Yeah, you're like no, and it was one tape. It wasn't two, which means no. Well, it's good. All of them were three. To... All of them were long enough to justify three that I remember. But either way. The last bit that I found funny when I was pulling this up to talk about the part three dilemma was according to Coppola and his audio commentary on the film The Godfather Collection, Robert Duvall refused to take the part unless he was paid a salary comparable to the six million in nineteen eighty-nine, nineteen ninety that was earned by Pacino in the previous films. In 2004, on the CBS program 60 Minutes, Duvall said, if they paid Pacino twice what they paid me, that's fine, but not three or four times, which is what they did. When Duvall dropped out, Coppola rewrote the screenplay with Puzo to portray the Tom Hagen character as having died before the story began and created the character of B.J. Harrison, which was played by George Hamilton. Oh, yeah, that guy sucks. Right. 
Coppola stated that to him, the movie feels incomplete without Duvall's participation. Yeah, he's which heart. is completely he's true. The, he's the heart of He the is band. the heart. And he's shit on in the second movie. Yeah, he really is. Like, why do you treat me like this, Michael? <laughs> like, whatever do to you? Like, your wife here and your mistress here. I'm like, fuck, man. I understand that you know everything about me, but fuck. Um, but according to Coppola, had Duvall agreed to take the part, the Hagen character would have portrayed or would have been heavily involved in the uh, running of the Corleone charities, which would make sense for Tom Hagen. Yeah, I know. It's, <clears> just, it's, it's not. But he, what he tried to do, they tried to turn The Godfather into Goodfellas. Correct. And they did, and that's why, which is funny, is why Scorsese's mom shows up in a bit before oh, yeah. Joey Zaza yeah. is killed. It's, What's they're just you're you're trying to mix Pearl Jam and Nirvana. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't it doesn't mesh in any way. Duvall confirmed in 2010 interview that he never regretted the decision to turning down the role. Yeah, because his his work in The Godfather and two is. Especially the first one. Impeccable. Duvall's great. And I He's love the anyway. fact that he does not regret the fact that he declined being in the movie because they wouldn't give him a paycheck. In I, 1989, 1990, he was pretty big at that time. Like What I do love about Coppola, though, is that like he's concerned with money because he's, I'm sure, got a lot he's, of... Uh, his, actually, his vinery, his... Um, Winery. Oh, vinery, winery, vineyard. Vineyard. vineyard, whatever. Whatever word you want to use that he uses to make wine. Grape farm. It's grape farm. <laughs> Just sounds nasty. Dude, Coppola's grape farm Pretty much has is. made a fair amount of money. Actually, I think his grape farm has, has been more profitable than most of his movies now since he's owned it for the last 30 years but in what Northern I, California. What I was trying to say is... Coppola will, at least then, he would swing for the fences with a movie. And he seemed, at least to me, to care more about his art than what it cost to make the art. Correct. And then, like, oh, shit. Okay, I made that. Uh, but I still, I so now I have to pay you back for it. So then in the 90s, he became kind of a whore. Agreed. And I hate that for him, but... I the 70s Coppola I love 70s Coppola 80s Coppola I don't know if there's anything I can honestly uh, say there was a did uh, he do the outsider did he direct the outsiders I don't remember it doesn't matter it's not significant enough for me to care okay get on with it yes get on with it get on with it that gang is uh that's going to be the end of the godfather and the godfather 2 and, and the end of i guess about seven minutes on the godfather 3 and the but, end i don't know why you're whispering it yeah that's the end of six pack double feature <laughs> it's gonna, that's gonna wrap it up if nothing more, it's a really long sabbatical because if we ever come back, it's going to be a while. I do. Uh, I mean, I had a series of notes that I uh, come on, bring uh, it. Wrote today. I want to hear it. Well, I'll just jump around like Make I always me cry. Do. I uh, I always come back. I've actually since Nathan and I decided to stop doing this about a year ago, and since we decided to do it, 
seven, six, seven years ago, before. Six, six, six right? seven, 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 seven minute abs. I, I, I always come back to now. This is a grand comparison. Uh, <laughs> I don't mean to compare us to Johnny Carson, but here we are. Uh, I was a big fan of Johnny Carson when I was a kid, and I was always bummed when I tune in to watch Johnny Carson in the late 80s, early 90s to find out that the guest Jay host Leno was Jay Leno. What guest host? Johnny's guest host is Jay Leno. Jay Leno I, I, I'd always me. go, fuck! Who's going on? to bed. Who's on? Oh, David Duchovny? Okay, cool. Um, but when, Kelsey Grammer. But when Johnny came back to do the final episode, he said something that will always, I'll always hang on to uh, no matter what sort of creative thing I try to do with myself i might be done for now but if i think of something else or if nathan and i think of something else that we think you guys might like you know we might come back it's not how johnny said it i'm sure it was way more poignant and funny but better. Uh, <laughs> more <laughs> or was, better in other words better it was more better it was more better it was more better funny <laughs> uh to anybody listening that has listened over the last, I don't know, what was it, 2017, 2018? It was 2017 when we started this. So just five We and recorded, half, years ago. look, man, we recorded three episodes in a row, two days. Like on one Saturday, we recorded three episodes. And then maybe six weeks later, a month later, we recorded three more episodes. In one day. Like, I showed up at daytime. It was summer. <laughs> when I left, it was dark. Like, that's when we sat down and started doing this shit. And it was bad. And it's it was not awesome. It, was, it, wasn't, awesome it wasn't, now, wasn't terrible, but it wasn't it's, great. It sounded bad. It we was, didn't, it sounded really this we quality. Doing. We didn't know what we were doing. We recorded it in your kitchen, kitchen slash dining room area where, hey, you know what would be great? What? Well, I have a background in radio, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit these two mics down, <laughs> and then we're just going to have every fucking sound reverberate off of the hard wood floors and ceiling oh, yeah, in the we kitchen. Did, we did do that. The first season was in the kitchen. Like, we stopped once or twice when Jamie showed up. <laughs> like, we got to stop. Hold on. What? Jamie's here. Jamie's here. Jamie's here. <laughs> 15 minutes later, when she went into the bedroom or the living room or wherever she went, we can pick up again. It was funny. Um, and then the next year, it was in her closet. Well, but it was pretty awesome. It's though. a, it's a, it was great. When he says her closet, it's a, it, it's a, it was a bedroom. It's a child's bedroom where Jamie used to hang a lot of her clothes when she worked at like a, is that when they sold the house to you? Or like, this is a child's closet. Well, that's what it, no, it was a child's bedroom child's closet oh look man it dampened the sound quite a bit it did really well because there was a lot of clothes in there it wasn't as echoey um it was fun we recorded the most in this room yeah yeah once we started what season after season three uh, it was four years ago yeah so it would have been season two or three all your splatter painting yeah it was something um, like that I definitely got out of this a good uh, a good amount of what I wanted, which was to sometimes, not all the time, get in front of a movie that I hadn't seen before. Um, heat, just be able to talk about shit. Yeah, heat heat comes up 
uh, in my head a lot. That's probably the the biggest one that I got out of this was uh, We're talking about heat enough, I, but not actually watching it for an episode. You mean heat? Yeah, because I well, we talked about it a lot. We did, but I never I never even knew about it, and somehow it came up, and we we talked about. Oh well. We were we recorded an episode on a Sunday, and you drank a bunch of different alcohol for some. Oh my reason. god, that was happened a couple of times, and I was fine because I'm an alcoholic. And you <laughs> are you home. now though? You're always an alcoholic. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Once an addict, always an addict. Oh yeah, that's right. It just depends on what uh, what it is, how practiced up you are, what the name is. Um, and you hung around for a long time that day to sober up, and then you drove home, and I was like, cool, I'm gonna watch Heat. And I was like, oh, this is great. Oh, da, da, da. And I kept texting you during the afternoon. And you're like, I'm as sick as I've ever been in my life. I'm going to bed. And it was like 7 o'clock that night or whatever. <laughs> Something like that. It was much earlier than the norm. Uh, <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> I came back to something I hadn't seen in a long time. Just not even as a re- direct result of this, but like Footloose. Somehow we ended up talking about Footloose. We may have, And yeah. I'd seen Footloose once, and I was like, that's the dumbest fucking movie ever. And it, for whatever reason, I went back and watched it, and I was like, that's dumb. That's dumb. But it's not so bad. The dance away the And then I went back the a hate. third time, and I was like, that's still dumb, but it's not nearly as bad as it was the last time. <laughs> um, I do would like to thank uh, several people that have been involved in this show uh, that you may or may not know. Uh, first and foremost would be Roadhouse correspondent Jamie Justice. <laughs> For uh, being a frequent guest and uh, handling uh, front-end voice work on stuff. And uh, our shenanigans. Oh, yeah, dis- and displacing her uh, <clears throat> a number of Fridays and Saturdays. And Saturdays, uh, so especially. Being loud and then uh, exiting the back end of the house drunk. Uh, or her having to come back while we're in the middle of a, of a run of a joke or something and be like, Hey, your fucking pizza's here. Can you stop talking? Or your Chinese food is or, here. Yeah. Uh, your takeout delivery is here. She also many a time I'd have to grab her real quick. Hey, I like, got a question for you or <laughs> hey, can can, you do- listen to this real quick. Does that, is that stupid? If, if we, if I edit it to say that, does that sound stupid? Or can you say this for me real quick? Can you do this intro for us? Yep. Okay. Here, because what we, what we used to do was I used to like not do the, the intros, if, if you remember, they used to be specific to the episode. So I'd have to listen to the episode and then write down what I wanted Jamie to say. And then she and I would work on it back and forth for a few. And then she would, she would voice the intro for me. And I would be able to give her direction, and be like, no, say it more like this. And she would do it. And it was great. And it was fun. And she'd sometimes be like, no, cut that part out. That's not funny. Or, nope, don't say that. No, you'll sound like an anti-Semite or whatever. But what's great is is when she would give you the thumbs up, we knew it was funny. Absolutely. I Uh, think the other thing to um, draw into the fact that when we did a lot of chasers, those questions that we said that were from other listeners, (laughs) about 75% of the time they were from my wife. Yep. I have that that written down. I called her uh, Lisa the male girl. She was the male girl. She was Lisa Sixpack or Sixpack, whatever it was that we That was Lisa signed. Sixpack. Yeah, the, the email that we had that people rarely sent anything to. I uh, always tried to – I 
Nathan doesn't come from radio. I come from radio a long time ago. But what you don't do is tip. You keep your friends you close and your, your enemies hand. closer. You don't show your hand. Right. And Nathan would always try to say that Lisa was just writing the questions. And I was like, just shut up, dude. If nobody, This is Bill from Milwaukee. Yeah, Bill from Milwaukee. <laughs> or Gary from Now, Gary from New Zealand was a real guy. If Gary, if you're still out there, we appreciate you. Like we said, 75% of the questions uh, were from my wife. And then the other 25% were from friends that often listened yeah enough uh, <laughs> you sent in a question to lisa thank you and thank you lisa for handling those questions and yes. then making up the other ones uh how many guests did we bring in we here? had uh brock was one honey mustard cyborg brock stevic <laughs> well, what, what did we call him before that uh, uh camp crystal lake crystal uh, homeowners, lake homeowners, homeowners association, association president, president. We brought in James Falcon, uh, brain detail specialist. Brain details Jimmy specialist James. Jimmy James. Um, we brought in my nephew. We actually buried one of two episodes. <laughs> whether or not we, uh, whether or not uh, Travis pulls this out, but we had two episodes we recorded with my nephew. One worked really well, and one did not. What was the other one? It was like heist movies, and it just didn't. You you sat on that one for like. At least 12 to 14 months. And <laughs> you were like, we just need to pull this if it doesn't work because you just didn't. Like every other episode, at some point, you would be done with it. Yeah. This one, you never did. Yeah. Like, and there, obviously, there were issues with it enough I to where remember what you they, had to pull what, it. I don't remember what they It wasn't were. Greg. It was most likely us. I, well, just bringing the third person into it, it, it always it's just it adds fucks a different, the flow. Yeah, it does. Um, um uh, Staff Sergeant Kyle. Yeah, Kyle came in for a few episodes. That was fun. Yep. Um, and your wife always came in for a handful of episodes. We always talked about bringing in both Jamie and my wife for... My wife. My wife for a handful of episodes. We just never, unfortunately, got to. We also did talk about bringing in uh, Senator Johnson. We were never able to make that happen. I always remember you told me or he told me that he said he didn't necessarily want to be on it because he always said that his voice sounded like a Muppet. And I he did said, say you know that. what? While that's an insult, it's also accurate. It's decently accurate. But <laughs> he also, he also uh, would have had a hard time picking uh, what he was what his six would have his pick six would have been because his pick six would have been film scores and he is we wouldn't have heard of any of them oh no i like, I would or, have heard of most of them they they would have been italian horror but he it would have been he is a film score guy uh, yeah okay i wouldn't have heard of any of them how about that one yeah um it would have been minouche no, it would have been, been. No, they'd have been. They'd have been cool. What they no, would have I done, don't see Manu- I, uh, into I the say, right say, into the right ears. He would have launched a bunch of people into like at least listening to like correct Goblin. I I agree. Uh, big ups to uh, friend of the show Elizabeth Garcia. Big ups to uh, Superman Freak and friend of the show Jeff Cullum. I think uh, we have a good friend Brandon also that he used to be a coworker with uh, Best Buy and he listened quite a bit as well he had some good suggestions and inputs as well all of these people that have been thanked uh <laughs> are all people we know and listen reality. and actually downloaded and listened to the episodes ah, jesus i'm not gonna miss hitting that mic um, <laughs> yeah so if any of you out there aren't listed in that and you feel like you should have been i do apologize um 
Love you. Thanks for listening. I'll even throw out Austin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he gave us that uh, thing picture that's not over there anymore. He did. And he actually he couldn't listen for a few years and then eventually started listening again when he started working for Amazon. And he's like, "What? when are you recording again? I'm like, I told you again. We got like one episode left and we're ending the podcast. He's like, oh, well, you guys do a good job. I'm like, thanks, buddy. Thanks. Appreciate <laughs> it. We did, we did talk. We're going to still leave the feed up for what, like another 10? It'll probably be up through the fall of next year. But okay. unless we feel inspired to continue to pay another X amount of dollars to allow it it'll probably drop in october yeah i would so i would say uh if there's anything you haven't gotten back to download it and listen to it yeah hang on to it uh you can still tell a friend tell an enemy tell may, a, in front yeah, of you i may keep the email open even um like we said if we think of something that you know might be worth doing we might fire it back up or fire it up in a different way who knows don't know but i think we kind of got to at least i got to a point where i kind of Felt like I was just. What we say? It felt like we were doing homework. Uh, it did to me when I sat down and started taking notes. It felt like homework. It started to, me, to feel kind like of. homework. The 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 watching the movies and the taking the notes wasn't so bad, and the sitting down like this and talking isn't so bad. But as I'm looking at this and it's croaching up on three hours of us sitting down today, <laughs> and I realize what I have to do, the work that I have to do now is edit this, and. Just so you know, pulling it's the curtain, a time pulling the curtain, commitment. pulling the curtain back again, gang. This edit is probably not going to be nearly as tight as it would have been five years ago, even uh, three years ago. Yeah, I would have tried to cut way more out of this. I'm probably just going to let a lot of this fly. But I kind of got to the point where I felt like I'd said everything I needed to say about movies or or whatever. Uh, Look, man, our lives go in different directions, and things change over the last five six seven years yeah we've both grown we've both moved around with things that we were doing for a living we've both lost dogs over oh yeah oh that my was, god what a fun memory thanks for hey i just up. wanted to let you know that we're human and it fucking hurts um and <laughs> <laughs> we just have other passions that sometimes take over those and you know things are left to be as uh it's a season, you know, and this was a season, and this was five, six, seven years, and and who knows what'll come of it later. But I really enjoyed being able to sit down with a good friend of mine to be able to talk about stupid shit and make fun of stupid shit <laughs> and yeah. watch stupid shit and watch really good shit, too. Having a few beers and just enjoying our company towards each other, and I think that was Absolutely. probably what was the most endearing part of doing this because I found it funny at some point when I remember sharing this that at one point we had the same employer more than once, but when we worked for a help desk for wireless mobility and someone said, oh, another G2 relationship or friendship has come up. I'm like, we had that beforehand. <laughs> that was Heather. That, that was Heather. <laughs> I'm like, we had that beforehand. We talked about it while we were just happened to be working at G squared at the same time. Yeah. So yep. it was just, it was fun to be able to see other people go, oh, look, they, it's a bromance. I'm like, yes. And, and no, um, <laughs> at the same time, I get it. Nathan, yeah. Nathan was one of the first people I met when I moved to Nashville almost 20 years ago. So I've known him. I've known 
I mean, if you put if you put a ruler on it, I've known one other person in Nashville. I'm sorry, two other people in Nashville longer than I've known Nathan. What? Uh, I've known Nathan longer than I've known my wife. Okay, but all right, I'm good now. <laughs> uh, he was my boss at one point. We may have we may have covered this. Sorry, <laughs> this will be a lot of editing. One last time. We'll see what's good, gonna... big kid. <clears throat> we'll see what uh, makes the final edit. Um, so yeah, like we said. Um, if we think of something else that might, we might want to fire this back up in some way or do something completely different, we might do that. Um, so until that day, or if that day never comes, if you want to take one name from this show, staff the Morris. Six Pack Double Feature is a Clopec Media production. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Go.